0: Yeah, he says the, that they've only gone eight miles down. Is that like eight miles down, are you going to tell me that what the entire core looks like? Give me a break. It's like, yeah, says the guy who's gone zero miles down, unless you count his mum's base. <laughs> and he's trying me. to explain how tubes deliver magma from the furnaces.
1: <laughs> he goes, he lists like 26 different ways scientists can determine what the Earth's interior is like, and then he summarizes it with these words. Quote, in short, they have
0: no clue. <laughs> What? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. If you haven't personally, Jules Verne did. Yeah.
1: <laughs> God awful movie. 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 Welcome back to the Gamcast, where each week we sample another selection from Christian cinema, except in the weeks where we wished we were doing that. I'm your host, Noah Illusions, and sitting 700 miles to my immediate left is my good friend Heath Enright. Heath, welcome back. Thanks, Noah. Uh,
2: I'm actually about 24,000 miles to your right, if you want to oh,
1: be. Oh, no, <laughs> you're right. You're right. No, yeah, I'm sorry. You have, have to go through
2: on- Dubai. It's a rule. <laughs>
1: And sitting some undetermined number of miles to my northeast is my bad friend, Eli Bostic. Eli, how are you this fine afternoon, sir? My eyes are
3: open. <laughs> <laughs> I love, so here's the, th- I, we're, we're going to talk about it. I love this movie because it's my kind of stupid. It's me. Like, this is the thing that would have fooled me. Okay, four days ago. Four <laughs> days ago, this movie, I would have just been like, Absolutely.
1: There's no question. <laughs> oh, that's depressing. <laughs> uh, My but mind has can, changed. But before we can tell you how easily duped Eli is, we have one more guest to introduce. Uh, joining us from Schrodinger's Europe is skeptical activist, freelance journalist, author, blogger, co-founder of the Side Skeptics, project director of the Good Thinking Society, host of Be Reasonable Jesus. We're never going to get to your name, bro. Co-host of the Skeptics with a K-Podcast, skeptic of the year alum and friend to all the woodland creatures, Michael Marshall. Marsh, welcome back, man. Woo! Woo! Uh,
0: thanks so much for having me, guys. Always a pleasure to be here and always a pleasure to be watching something uh, genuinely fantastic. And uh, <laughs> you've uh, you you've delivered this time as well.
1: <laughs> All right. So uh, we, uh, enough tease in here. Tell us, Heath, what did we deliver?
2: All right. We watched Flat Earth Clues, uh, segments one through seven. <laughs> 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 it's the story of how the earth is not an oblate spheroid, like we all thought it's actually a very large room service plate with a metal steamer dome over the top (laughs) made of invisible vibranium and (laughs) uh, being held up by an intricate series of infinity trusses. I think it's, (laughs) it's interesting. And Eli, how bad was this movie?
3: Well, if you love cold, hard facts, but you love them warm, soft, and nope, you <laughs> will <laughs> love this collection of stock photos and unrelated conclusions. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's yeah. so comforting. I, I've talked before on the show about I used to be a 911 truther, and it was, but like, there, there's never I've never felt more seen or targeted than I have by this movie. Because, hey, spoiler alert, every single flat earth clue is, this seems pretty hard to understand, right? That's because it's not fucking true. And just 19-year-old Eli is like, what?
1: (laughs) (laughs) What is round? That does seem to be the (laughs) argument remarkably often. So um, I should say, Marcia, it's no coincidence that we brought you on to talk about a flat earth movie. You have Mm. walked amongst them. Uh, So can you give our audience a sense of what you've been doing of late vis-a-vis the flat earth phenomenon?
0: Yeah. So I've, I've, oddly enough, seen this flat earth phenomenon kind of rise out of being a very niche movement. So I started looking into it in sort of 2012, 2013, like the second episode of Be Reasonable was with the vice president of the Flat Earth Society. And I used to tell people all about Flat Earth Society as kind of like an addendum to other talks that I'd give. And they were like, there's no way that's a real thing. There's no way people actually believe it. So, like five, six years later, and it's all over the news. I've kind of watched it kind of grow in that time. So, I've spent, I've interviewed, I think, five prominent uh, flat earthers, including the guy who made flat earth clues that we're going to be talking about uh, today. Um, I went to the flat earth <laughs> you, convention. You've, yeah, I've spoken I mean, you've, to this gentleman. I have spoken to this gentleman. Yeah, I got wow. a lot of this, uh, this first hand. Well, I've had a lot of it first hand from him, and I've had a lot of it second, third, and fourth hand from a million other people I've subsequently spoken to. <laughs> like, I give flat Earth like talks about the flat Earth movement around the UK at the moment, and. Recently, flat earthers have started turning up to my talks to oh, uh, to debate with me and to talk to me. One of them had a Q and A, had a question in my Q and A when I last gave a talk, and that question was simply, "How long have you been a master mason?" Because <laughs> apparently, I must be a leading
2: Freemason. <laughs> <laughs> When did when you
1: did stop you beating up the flat earthers? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing.
0: Yeah, I had the joy at a talk recently. Of uh, uh, in my talk, I talk about prominent flat earthers. I walked into the room. There was one audience member who got there half an hour early. That audience member was slides twenty eight to thirty one of my talk. It was a guy <laughs> called Dave Murphy, and he turned up. Now, okay, so I want to make sure I have this right. You talked to Mark Sargent on be reasonable. Yes, I did, yeah. J- January 2017, I think it might have been. Okay, so I'll be able to oh, link that in the show that.
1: notes if ever, anybody <laughs> wants to actually hear uh, um, Marsh in the belly of the beast, so to speak. <laughs> we'll actually have that linked. Awesome.
2: Um, okay, and so I should well, also like say... like standing on top of the flat belly of the beast. <laughs> <wasn't I? laughs>
1: it's not going to get crazy here. All right, so I should also say that uh, this is a series of 14 YouTube videos that were entirely constructed, as Eli suggested by typing the last word the narrator said into Google Images and putting that on screen, regardless of how inappropriate it is. In um, about, I don't know, five, six videos in, it started to seem like a really good idea to break this into a two-parter and not have to watch all of this in one go. So we're actually just going to be tackling videos one through seven today because there's so much information, you plus, see. Plus
2: the preface and the intro. Yeah, right well, right. It's nine videos, technically.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, but before we get to those, are there, is there anything you guys want to nominate this one for being the best at being the worst at?
2: Yeah, I'm going to go with best worst narrator. Just a quick tip. Uh, a guy who cannot pronounce picture and <laughs> nuclear <laughs> is not the best narrator for a flat earth movie. <laughs> it, motion picture, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, th- this guy spends two hours talking about Pictures of Earth from space and nuclear weapons. It, like it's <laughs> no, like nuclear ends up having nine syllables by the end of the movie. It's absurd.
1: I see now um, when, when I saw that in your nose, I assumed you meant the way he would periodically lick or thump his microphone.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed the licking. I'm into the ASMR thing. The thumping was not classy. But yeah, he he's it, worst worst narrator. And can I add one more? Actually, best worst. Visual aids. Mm-hmm. Because this is part of the narrator thing. Because constantly he's like, "So, uh, you guys know England, and France? Sorry, super abstract. Here's a flag, and like, you guys know Turkey, the bird?
0: I mean, we'll get to it, but it's the wrong fucking flag. It's the wrong fucking flag. It's not even the English flag. It's the British flag. It's a different yeah. flag.
2: He went for a visual aid on that and
0: missed. Yep." <laughs> Not
1: as bad as he did when he said New Zealand.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That might have been worse. That might have been worse.
0: So I'm going to go best worst impact on this because as we go through, you'll see that I don't think there's an awful lot of uh, coherence or content or persuasiveness to uh, much of what he's saying. But this is, uh, I'd say, the... Of the two biggest and most influential things to have happened in Flat Earth in the last, like, 150 years, uh, something like that, this Eric DeBay's 200 Proofs the World Is Not Spinning Globe, the vast majority of people who believe the world is flat believe it because of this series of videos. It's had a huge impact, so (gasps) bear that in mind when we then go through the strength of evidence and strength of case (laughs) presented that this has convinced a lot of people. Wow. That amazes
1: me because, like, honestly, as we were watching it, I was thinking to myself, come on, there's got to be better stuff. We're 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 picking on the worst of this, aren't we? And then I started
2: looking around and that, th- yeah, this is this is it. Mm-hmm. The movie maker was thinking that throughout the movie. It's like, well, that was dumb what I said just now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry. Moving on
4: that
3: an awful lot. It's the Chris Farley show. The documentary. Stupid. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, and I was going to go with best worst informational durability, right? Like there are so many things in this in the first seven videos of this where you have to go like, well, sure. In 2017, right, like, there's, <laughs> there's so much shit that was only good for the six months after he made the movie where you're like, ah, but now that's did you stop believing in it now because they made a movie about Neil Armstrong? No. OK, <laughs> all right. <moving> <laughs>
3: Which which brought to mind, and we'll get to it in the... There are so many moments here where I Googled it, and I was like, oh, God, that happened after this movie where I was like, someone at NASA is fucking with Mark Sargent. <laughs> someone was like, come on, man. Get in the suit and get in the vacuum chamber.
1: I just, I gotta do a thing. I just gotta. Come on. Sorry. all right. Well, I I need to cash my Illuminati check quick before the banks close. So we're going to need a quick break. But when we come back, we'll dig into all the easily verifiable falsities that are flat earth clues. Hey there, Heath. What can you tell me verbatim about
2: Robinhood? Well, Noah, Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options and cryptos all commission free. While other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees. So you can trade stocks and keep all your profits. Well, plus there's no account minimum deposit
1: needed to get started. So you can start investing at any level. The simple intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. View easy to understand charts and market data and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. You can also view stock collections such as 100 most popular. With Robinhood, you
3: can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio. Discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the moment to invest.
2: And Robinhood is giving listeners of god-awful movies a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up at awful.robinhood.com. Robinhood.
3: Robinhood. Step back, drop it, make it clap.
1: (laughs) Tyler, Tyler, get in here. Yes, Mr. President. There's a ghost in here. Hi, Tyler. Hi, Marsh. For the last time, Mr. President, he's not a ghost. Then why does he talk all old-timey? Again, sir, he has a British accent.
0: That's not, it's not from, he's here to talk to you about flat
1: earth.
3: Flat earth.
0: Yeah, I mean, actually, well, there are thousands of people who currently believe that the earth is flat. You see, I'm an educator. From the past. Uh, Well, from Newcastle, so Yeah, yeah, sort of, yeah. He's here to help us start that education program, sir.
3: Okay, okay. Education, some education. So, who are these flatter the wackos, anyways?
0: Uh, well, there's, uh, online conspiracy theorists, the highly religious, the mentally ill. Uh, there's a whole bunch of them who, uh. Oh, have... so you mean
3: my base?
0: Well, I mean, uh. Yeah,
3: nice try, Marvin the Martian. Sarah!
0: Uh, yes, sir, yes. Get this clown out of here. No, Mr. President. You, you don't understand. You have to listen. Holy shit, it's a ghost. Right? Damn it. I'll
1: need some molasses. Stat. <laughs> <laughs> Unrelated. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I do know so bad how, what she does with the molasses. <laughs> You'll find out. <laughs> 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 and we're back for the breakdown. And just because Eli didn't think he was asking enough of us already, we're going to start off with a preface video that... It kind of lubes us up for what's about to come. <laughs> now, I honestly believe in retrospect that this is just here to make like the narrator we're going to have to suffer through for the rest of the movie seem okay compared <laughs> to something, right? The <laughs> lady who, uh, who recorded this, it sounds like they found a bored filter on audacity or something to put her <laughs> voice through.
3: And look, there's no better way to preface your film than
2: I'm a joke to Barack Obama. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's the best. It's Barack just being like, yeah, we don't have time for a flat earth panel. That's dumb. I'm not doing that. <laughs> so good. Obviously, we're too busy with the our and trans people people panel that we have. <laughs> yeah. And the uh, the
0: is carbon dioxide a Ponzi scheme panel yeah, that we also that have.
2: One
0: of those Fuck. two. think the other thing we get here is we we get introduced to what will be a a mainstay of the entire presentation which is just a cavalcade of memes it's just constant flat earth memes and yeah god i i i fucking hate memes i find them so irritating so we've got a lot (laughs) of that to sit through
1: Yeah, no, brought to us by lazily Google Imaging. So this woman has come on to say, like, I first heard about the flat earth conspiracy thing on coast to coast radio. So, you know, it's legit. That's a good sign for true things.
3: I was listening to a conspiracy radio show, you know, as an unbiased
2: viewer. And I was like,
3: hmm, the earth is flat.
2: (laughs) How could radio go coast-to-coast coast if it was curvy? That's dumb. <laughs> Why
3: right off And I love how she wraps it up at the end here. We hope you'll take the material in the spirit in which it has been written. And I was like, okay, so you want us to to be fucking liars? I'm confused. What? You-
0: <laughs> she also said the material, it's not made to convince us, which, eh, I mean, that's a good job, really, because it, it, it's not convincing. Yeah, right. Uh, right, anywhere right. Near convincing I'm glad you us. didn't get your whole side. <laughs>
1: Oh, but yeah, so but she's going to introduce us to Mark Sargent. She's like his opening act, I guess. She's she's here to warm up the audience and tell us what a great guy Mark Sargent is and how good he is at
0: convincing people that the earth is flat. So she does that, but she does explain that her video is a preface to it, but she doesn't say preface. She pronounces it preface. And that <laughs> threw me because I thought like if I'm a conspiracy theorist watching that, I'm thinking preface. What does she mean by preface before the face under the face? Is there like a lizard face under <laughs> Mark Sargent's face? Is this what she's trying to tell
1: <laughs> Well, and then also as uh, apparently to bolster her argument, she points out that even people who believe dumb conspiracies usually laugh at flat earthers. Right, like that's yeah. her whole point. Yeah. Like even the people that believe in the nonsense still laugh at us. Why would you tell me that? I <laughs> e- know. End of
2: point. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. This is the first in a series of like, okay, well, you're all clearly laughing at me right now in the movie. And I was just like, <laughs> yup, already correct. Well, wait, would you, when I she am. talked
1: about first hearing it on Coast to Coast, she says, and I waited when they brought up the flat earth concept, I waited for the laughter to come, but it never did. Yeah, she just just didn't
0: <laughs> wait long enough. Give Give it a couple of years, and they'll have to. definitely be there from all sides.
1: <laughs> it's coming, lady. It's coming. Um, and I also have to ask, okay, because she has a British. Well, okay, I, I don't know if she has a British accent honestly marsh is this a real accent because it sounds like i'm impersonating a brexit defender
0: <laughs> so i'd say it is it's kind of like uh, an estuary english kind of accent so around london but not actually london i think but uh, it doesn't it doesn't help her cause it doesn't help our cause internationally it's not doing this <laughs> like right now isn't a great time to be british on an international stage and this isn't helping this is not sort of uh, yeah it's not I'm yeah not but honest. you know
1: what though we're all we're helping you out though because like i thought about it the other I was like, Brexit is like if we had voted in Trump and we kept saying, no, no, we're going to seat him any minute, guys. We're going to make him our president any second, but we never did it. Mm. That would be our Brexit. (laughs) So, okay, now we move from preface one to preface two. This is. Oh, I was mad about this. (laughs) I already had a goddamn introduction. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Mark Sargent is going to take over the narration because, damn it, she wasn't thumping her microphone regularly enough.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and again, he introduces this by saying the first question he gets asked is, is this a joke? And, hey, Mark, if the first question someone asks you about your life's work is... Is this a joke? <laughs> you have made a terrible mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Unless
1: yeah. your life's work is making jokes, Eli.
2: <laughs> well, and if your if your science presentation starts with this is not a joke in your abstract, that's not a good sign.
0: Yeah, yeah. Also, not going well. I think he was actually wrong, because he said the first question is, is this a joke? And my first question was, could you just get a little closer to the microphone? Because it sounds like you're in a different room from <laughs> your microphone while you're doing this. <laughs> just call his going up here and then we'll then we'll talk, shall we?
1: Well, my first, my first, I wasn't, I wasn't asking him if it was a joke, but my first question is, are you fucking kidding me? And the reason I said that is because he starts it off by going, this is the Reader's Digest version of what I have to say. And I'm like, it's two hours long. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, I have more bullshit than this guy's. This is just a sampling of the uh. bullshit that I have. That'll be enough, man.
0: Yeah, I I don't mind admitting that uh, YouTube's ability to show videos at 1.75 speed came in very handy throughout this entire (laughs) (laughs) All right. And then, okay,
1: now he's going to make his first point, and it's an amazing one. Mm. He says that from the time we're born at our very earliest ages, we're given these two facts. One plus one equals two, and the Earth is a globe think about how early they're getting to
0: us yeah that's how serious the secret is is that they have to tell you that yes they've got to tell you that lie right up there with the other thing you learn at the same time which is one and one equals two which by his own logic must also be a lie must also be some sort right, of that's right that's
2: right <laughs> i came yeah. away from this asking well then what the fuck does one plus one <laughs> <laughs> kind of dug yourself a hole there man like E- either you got to prove the world's flat or do some like non Euclidean math. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Good luck. All right. So then he goes on. He's like, but for the first 4,000
1: years of our civilization, I'm like, define our, bro. He's like, everybody <laughs> believed the earth was flat. I'm like, nope. Oh, oh. <laughs> no. Again, no. define our. Also,
3: he says that when Copernicus figured out the earth was round, they couldn't prove it. And my know it was just, so how does he think Copernicus came up with the round model? Like, just <laughs>
2: guessing? Square. No, I'm going with round. Great. Everyone accept that. Oh, <laughs> it's so dumb. He's like, yeah, Copernicus did some math, but, you know, that was like
0: 1500s math, and it is different.
2: <laughs> yeah, the know. numbers are way more
0: advanced now. <laughs> It's like you know he did he did the maths. It proved that the world was round, but they couldn't have the technology to prove it. But like his maths worked way better for a round earth than for a still earth with a firmament above it. So if you're going to knock that <laughs> model, then you've got to really deal with that maths. But he's like, no, no, could, the, the maths didn't count. Doesn't matter. Throw it away.
1: Yeah, no. To give you an idea how bad he is with math, just conceptually, he says he created a mathematical proof that the earth was round, but there was no proof. Yes. Mm, you see. <laughs> The word, and and, and then it looks at us like, except eclipses and other shadows and the equator and global circumnavigation. (laughs) Jesus fucking Christ, stop hitting your fucking microphone. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I wrote that a lot in my notes. Yeah, yeah, but apparently to him, the only conceivable proof would be actually seeing the curvature of the earth, which we couldn't do back then.
0: Yeah, no, that, that was right. impossible. And that's why all the religions took the the round earth on, immediately became as universally as accepted as gravity. And spoiler, I'm not sure Mark Sargent accepts gravity because I've not met a flat earther who does accept gravity. <laughs> Genuinely, they don't believe in gravity because it's no, a real can't. problem because of the they shape of They
2: would have the to not. Yeah. yeah. So they have two <laughs> yeah.
0: models for gravity, right? They've got one model, which is uh, if gravity is uh, accelerating towards the ground, you drop something, it accelerates towards the ground at 9.8 meters per second squared. What's really happening is the ground is coming upwards at nine point eight meters per second squared, and always has been since the dawn of time. So when you let go of stuff, the ground comes up and hits it. That's one model for gravity, right? No. Right,
1: which is amazing because yeah, the velocity has been the same,
0: right, the entire time. No, no, they saying it's still accelerating and has been accelerating. Yeah, so the it would have to be accelerating, yeah.
1: Right, no, right, yeah, exactly. So we're now going 11
0: times the speed of light, yeah. <laughs> well, th- so this is the thing, without going into weeds too much, right? 2013, when I, when I first found the Flat Earth uh, Society, the Flat Earth Forum, they're having all these conversations and they point out you can't go faster than the speed of light. But look at Einstein's theory of relativity e equals mc squared. As you approach the speed of light, time slows down and the math works back out again. So yes, oh gravity is God. still the Earth <laughs> accelerating upwards for since the dawn of time. But the math works out because time's <laughs> slowing down. That's the complexity of flat Earth arguments in 2013. <laughs> this video is the complexity of arguments of uh, flat Earth in 2015, 2016. And just see if you can spot a difference.
2: Okay, so we're on a light speed elevator
0: is what they're saying. Yes. absolutely. I just want to be clear. We're, well, a Time near light speed down. elevator, that's, a relativistic yeah. one. That, that's one model of gravity. Okay. The other model of gravity is there is no gravity. There is only density. And the reason you stick to the ground is because you are denser than air. So flat earthers themselves are arguing they are incredibly dense, which is somewhat self defeating <laughs> <laughs> But it's like, yes, you're denser than air, and yes, denser falls. But denser falls due to gravity. You've still got gravity in there. Yeah, you've right, right. Yeah, you're you're still missing a step there. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing.
1: All right. So yeah, but we but then like after just accepting all of this bullshit about the round earth. Eventually, it came time to nuke the sky with nuclear bombs. And apparently, this is when we found the dome over the earth.
3: I'm four seconds into my movie. What's the best way to make myself likable? I I should play down the bombings of Hiroshima. I think that's <laughs> yes. probably the
0: best way. <laughs> yeah, that was just a toy compared to the, uh, the huge nuclear weapons that they shoot up the sky. And they also say it like in, uh, they say uh, when they found the, the edge of the wall, they immediately started shooting nuclear weapons straight up. And immediately is a funny way of describing <laughs> as soon as they developed nuclear weapons. Because, like, oh yeah, they were suddenly because <laughs> all of a sudden prior to, 19, like, prior to 1957, they weren't shooting the sky with any of the weapons they hadn't no. invented yet. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, not a one. <laughs> so what do they think happened? Like Russia and the US like figured out nukes and we shot them straight up in the air and both of us were, it was like, bink, oh fuck, that just like fell right back down. There's something, like what do they think happened? That, the,
0: literally exactly that. I've had this conversation we, with It's it, it, literally that.
2: Bounced off the dome and just
0: fell back down. Or it, or it exploded at the dome, yeah. Okay, yeah, that, now that was my question. So that that, that
1: I don't think they, they quite um explain. Were they trying to blow their way through the dome?
0: They were trying to blow up the dome to see what was on the other side? No, so this was um, uh, an attempt to do some basic kind of geometry is to figure out, if you can figure out how high the dome is, you can then start to work out where the the edges of the dome are and what kind of the angles of the <laughs> dome are. So this was an attempt to figure out how high up the dome okay. was.
2: How should how how high do you guys think it is? We'll figure it out by blowing up a nuclear bomb. <laughs> right.
0: Right.
2: <laughs> right. Couldn't we just send a non-explosive thing up there? something that's <laughs> and not and a like literally stops. any other thing that's not a nuclear <laughs> yeah. bomb would be better? For we that.
0: wouldn't even need to, be- to invent nuclear bombs to do that. Yeah, you could have done it before nineteen fifty seven at that point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we already bought the
2: uranium. You're being a dick. We're doing it. <laughs> Guy just walks into the room with a tennis ball.
3: Oh fuck!
0: That
2: <laughs> something that wasn't oh, any objects.
0: Shit! But like, this is legit. I forgot about this is genuinely the object. argument. I forgot about any object <laughs> This is genuinely the argument right? because they say that uh, the reason they say it makes no sense that the uh, USA and Russia when they were developing long range missile capabilities, they tested the range of the missiles by shooting straight up. Straight up, which some of the early testing did shoot straight up. They said if if you were looking to test the long range capabilities, you'd see how far you can shoot them and it's like yeah but you don't want the other guy to know how far you can shoot them and you don't want to shoot something but in your testing yeah
4: (laughs) just work out how
0: high you can go to make sure you can get the right kind of uh, altitude and stuff yeah sweden gets a phone call i got
3: some
1: bad news so we're doing this test
0: right
3: (laughs) it
1: turns out it was five thousand two hundred miles actually we were way we did way the
0: good news is we did way better than we're
1: expecting (laughs) (laughs) We went and did a silly thing. All right, so yeah, and then oh, and then we talk about Antarctica, which is apparently where the wall is now. If you haven't seen any of these uh, flat Earth videos, the, here's the Earth you have to imagine: imagine the UN flag thing, right, with the Earth looking at it out from the North Pole, and then there's just a giant Westerosian ice wall all the way around the Earth. That's and, and we're, we're being fooled into thinking that that's one. Little continent but it's actually a ring of ice surrounding the planet yeah another name for flat earthers is south pole deniers okay yeah yeah there you go <laughs> awesome but yeah so apparently it was after we started bombing the dome that we figured out where that was and he points out he's like hey right then everybody just suddenly agreed that nobody would colonize antarctica just because it's 50 degrees below zero regardless of which scale you use at that point doesn't even matter <laughs> Right. And he's like, why aren't the oil companies drilling Antarctica? And I'm just like, fuck, man, shut up. Don't give them. Oh, don't, <laughs> don't the- uh, Flat Earther
3: Oil Company.
0: <laughs> I'm not saying I'm rooting for
3: it. I am rooting for it.
0: Though. <laughs> so Flat Earther Oil Companies have got to be pretty confused because most Flat Earthers, like many of them don't believe in dinosaurs. So I don't know what they think the oil would have been. <laughs> God trying to st- trick us into thinking they were dinosaurs. It's the
3: gas for the volcano machine. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah,
1: it's right. the fuel for the furnaces. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Fossilized lava guy. Yeah, that's what happened. <laughs>
1: it, now, okay, is this I feel like this is an exact quote. Um, at some point in this uh, screed, he says perhaps an interdimensional being told the tale of what the earth looked like as sort of an example along the way. And I, I'm going to be honest, I was not factoring that into my earth geometry calculus at all. So at least he has that going for him. Uh, what we see, by the way, during this uh, on screen, I just, just give you an idea how unrelated everything is to what's being said. At this point, we're seeing a
2: picture of Liam Neeson with a sword. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We see Liam ne- Neeson for about two minutes of this movie. It was like an hour and 20 minutes. total. Liam Nees is not a, he's on the screen a lot. Strongly <laughs> so featured. Weird. Strongly just, featured. Yeah, he's explained, he's like kings and popes couldn't even find the edge with their giant fleets. It's like it's like they were sailing in a circle or something. Hold on.
0: <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> what? Speaking of which, Liam Neeson. who and yeah. Piglet just couldn't find that Huffle Hump. <laughs> yeah. Liam Neeson does have more screen time in this film than one of the Star Wars prequels. He's doing pretty well out of, the, out of this film. Yes. So there's another line where he says, uh, what you were saying, Noah, he says, uh, we could theorize that kings or popes were told of the real world a long time ago, maybe in an ancient scroll or book. So like, hmm, I wonder which ancient book he might mean there and we are going to find <laughs> out. Yes. And we're going to find <laughs> out just that we old. are watching a Christian film after all. Yeah. Yeah. He
2: also makes the point that human males specifically are corrupted by power. And that I mean that's true. And then he shows us the hobbit Frodo Baggins. Human males like the hobbit. <laughs> you know human males? Sorry. You'll need a visual aid. Here's the hobbit.
0: <laughs> but that the way like I don't know why he says human there does he need to say a human as uh, he, is right. he in, in case we're confused that like males of other non-human species out there are not comfortable by he power. will get to alien he will get to alien soon i'm pretty sure <laughs> <right>? i'm sorry <laughs> have you ever tried
2: to bribe a dog does not work <laughs> <laughs> they
3: got no price
2: <laughs> bullshit
1: okay and then nasa got in on the lie right mm-hmm. He, again, talking about the informational durability, he's like, you will never see a private spacecraft launched in the world in ever. And Elon Musk is an elaborate puppet. What I'm saying is there's one guy who works the arms. There's another guy doing the legs. It's a whole thing. <laughs> you think that's a real
0: accent? <laughs> Fuck off. He, he does also say that uh, the moon missions were created just to, in order to justify why they've been shooting so many rockets up at the air to the dome. And he says that a guy who used to work at NASA told him that. And he shows a picture <laughs> of the, his source. And the guy has a big sign behind saying, just for laughs behind him. And like, if you're going to quote a source, just pick one where he isn't in front of a sign saying just for laughs, because it might undermine <laughs> his credibility, even if you do know it's a comedy festival still.
2: That's your source doing his tight five at the Montreal Comedy <laughs> Festival, man. What are you doing?
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. But now he's going to present to us three questions that the round earthers just can't answer the first. And none of them are questions. Uh, The first is pointing out that there are no exterior space shots where the camera pans a full 180 degrees. Now, that's not a full pan. Anyway, um, (laughs) he says that that he means 360 degrees when he says this. Okay. Because it does, like nothing else he would, he says afterwards, would make sense if he was talking about 180 degrees. So he missed half of his degrees. But he means that there's no 360 degree shot because he's saying it's all in a sound studio, right? So eventually you'd hit the fourth wall. Just Googling that sentence leads me to multiple 360 yes. degree spacewalk videos. It's almost impossible not to disprove this claim. <laughs> it's Google jumps ahead of you so fast, you're like 360, and it's like degree
3: shot of space? Is that what yeah, you're fucking right? Are you a fucking flat earther? <laughs> Here.
2: Here. Yeah. And, well, the movie also proves itself wrong right after this. He's like, yeah, so I actually checked on this myself on Google, and 95% of the photos of around earth are completely fake. Yeah. And I was like, okay, did did you hear yourself say that? Just like <laughs> I'm first of all, nope, uh but regardless, how many percents do you think there are? <laughs> More importantly, how many fake photos
3: of ourselves would we have to create before Mark Sargent didn't believe we were real? <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, okay, but so that, that was actually number 2 on his list. It wasn't that they, they were fake. He, well, he, he he seems to think that this these are interchangeable terms. But he says 95% of the shots that you see of Earth are composites. Well, what the fuck do you think they're composites of, man? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, don't have a lot of Earth-sized
0: apertures out there, so unfortunately, but yeah. So, I think like the, the 95% line, that might have been like the, uh, the first or the second real laugh out loud moment uh, for me. Yeah. My favorite <laughs> bit just, I think it was just before that. He said, uh, Astronauts know of this whole deception and they're sworn to secrecy. And he said, direct quote, <laughs> oh. said, They're sworn to secrecy, uh, secrecy under the penalty of whatever motivates them. And I literally laughed <laughs> yeah. out loud. And that's the penalty. <laughs> it's like, they're sworn of to secrecy under the penalty of, of of something, of fame, f- of X, fill in blank. <laughs>
3: Yeah, (laughs) they're just standing behind the press cameras, slowly peeling a banana.
0: Neil Armstrong loves
3: bananas.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, so now we get to number three on the list. The commercial airline routes through the southern hemisphere are all wrong. Why isn't it convenient to fly directly from Sydney to Peru? Someone explain this to me. It's probably that the earth is flat.
0: Yeah, Mark fundamentally doesn't understand commercial viability. That's a major issue for him. He's got a risk board out. He's like, what
2: the fuck? Look, there's a line. You can go
0: from Africa to South America real easy. I don't understand. You just follow this here line. I mean, he gets into flight stuff a lot more. But even at this point, notice he's talking about flying to New Zealand, flying to Auckland. And he does that very specifically because yeah. he said you can't fly from like uh, Johannesburg to Auckland without doing various different stops. No, but you can fly from Johannesburg to Perth, Australia, which isn't that far yeah. from from uh, Auckland. And you can do that in one stop.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Exactly. He's like, you can't get any
1: direct flights from anywhere in South America to anywhere. 95% of the flights in South America have playovers. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And is this, is this where we get um, not just his... Uh non-Euclidean geometry, but is non-Euclidean math again? He says, "In a flat world, going from Australia to South America is the greatest distance between two points." <laughs> 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 I was, like, he got he confused himself four times in that one sentence. He got so confused. The greatest distance, but that's infinity. Like, I mean, if you can choose any path, there's one that never gets there, you idiot. Like, in both two and three dimensions, that's infinity. I'm pretty sure. Spiraling in. Oh,
3: almost there. I'm spiraling back out again. See? See, Mark, this is longer.
2: <laughs> so... I couldn't believe he said that I laughed a lot I was like I rerounded. I was like did he literally say it's the greatest distance <laughs> between two points he did I'm not crazy Okay, yeah and then he points
1: out that even David Ike believers think that he is stupid again I don't know what point you're trying to make here but he's like even the people who think that lizards control the world think we're a bunch of fucking idiots Yeah, he's not helping himself
0: at all with that. But the thing is, well, I 100% have met people who believe that lizards are ruling the world and that the earth is flat, so he's wrong. There is a definite overlap in that Venn diagram, and I've (laughs) had conversations with them. (laughs) They've turned up at my talks.
1: And then he gives out his goddamn phone number, right? Like I was in the middle of writing a joke about his at comcast email address and then he just starts tossing out his goddamn phone number. <laughs> it's like come on, somebody call me. I'm I'm fun.
3: My note for all of that at this point was I bet he regrets that decision now.
0: <laughs> if he didn't before this episode went out, he will do after this episode goes <laughs> out.
2: <coach. laughs> you guys be nice. Listeners, be nice. I feel like we need to call him up and point out that he's behind on his taxes and needs to immediately <laughs> send us some money.
1: <laughs> All right, now we move past the preface to the preface and the preface and finally, I'm sorry, we move past the preface and the preface and we finally get, I think we are five pages into my notes and we finally get part one, which is titled The Empty Theater. Okay, so this is the first <laughs> point he felt like of all the points he was going to make, this was the one he put up front. This is his best shit.
3: Yeah. <laughs> all, right. all right. So <laughs> if you're watching this, you already know that the moon landing
1: was fake. Let's take that as a given. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he goes, all right, let's see. Yeah. NASA's obviously bullshit. So let's talk about space movies. And I'm like, sure, man, that beats the fuck out of what you were talking about just <laughs> now.
2: <laughs> also, um, this is when he shows a graphic of, I guess, his worldview, and it's like the, you know, the flat Earth, and then the oceans are just a a giant waterfall off the edge with like <laughs> infinity water. Is he picturing a faucet? Like, what's the theory there? It just well, well no, that's just see, he it,
1: because the person who is making the video was just literally using google image number one for everything um that was just some bad rendition of the flat earth in reality duh there's a giant ice wall around the edge that acts as a bowl like the edges of a bowl are you familiar with bowls do i need to show you a picture (laughs) i can show you a picture of a bowl a bowl is actually the greatest distance between two yeah but no that's the that's the idea is that the water is kept in because it's curved up at the edges
2: <laughs> oh it's got a lip sorry dumb question there's a lip i didn't even i wasn't hadn't thought through my comment right yeah let's talk I about i'm a flat space earther now standards. you guys are gonna need to talk me out of this shit now. all right
1: well we will um so yeah so he starts bringing up a whole bunch of different uh, well, first, he starts talking about the moon landing being fake. He at this point, he recommends the documentary Room 237. If you really want to know about Stanley Kubrick <laughs> faking the moon landing. Now, if you're not familiar with that documentary, that is a documentary about how you can make the works of Stanley Kubrick mean whatever the fuck you want them to
0: mean.
1: Yeah. yeah. Right. That's the point of that documentary.
0: Yeah, I interviewed a guy uh who who believes the Kubrick thing and has made his own documentaries about it as the like the last be reasonable. So uh if you do want to hear more on that theory from a guy who by the end of the interview hung up on me, uh you should check out the uh, the last be reasonable.
1: <laughs> Those are the yes. best be reasonable episodes.
3: <laughs> Phenomenal. I mean, look, Leo the Lion will always have a special place in my heart, but there is a pretty fantastic moment where Marsh is just like, "Right, but what if" You're wrong. And he's like, oh, one second. Click. There you go. That's what I have for you and your very polite question.
0: Yeah, I think he forgot when I told him I was a skeptic in the email. And so he talked for a while and was like, oh, hang on. Are you actually asking me a question here? Oh, I don't like this one bit. <laughs> yeah, right, right. This fucks it all up.
1: All right. So now we're categorizing space movies. We And we have two broad categories. We're using fantasy-based space movies. And near future space movies. Yeah, not sure why we're breaking them down into those categories, but those are the ones he gives us. But he says there is a third and much harder to find category, which is stuff about the movies about the moon landing.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so he he does mention the the uh, space Odyssey two thousand and one in the sort of the the fantasy. No, that's like the near the near future one. Yeah, Mm -hmm. my favorite thing he says about it is uh, people who saw it at the cinema said they remembered seeing listed in the credits the names of all these military agencies. Uh, well, those were removed from the credits later. And I love that because the idea is that they were smart enough to pull off the entire Hawks, to get the military involved, to fake the entire thing, <laughs> but dumb enough not to put the military's names <laughs> in the credits. Oh, shit. The credits. <laughs> I we should not have left an intern to do to work out the credits. This was a dumb move, a dumb move.
2: Grand Dragon of the Illuminati was... Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, damn it. William Barr comes out and reads the credits with reactive moments. <laughs> yeah, so but basically he's his the point that he's tr- okay, this is a weird
1: one. The point he's trying to make is that they don't make movies about the moon landing that are based in reality, not because that wouldn't make for an interesting movie, but because if we see it in a movie and it looks too realistic, it'll be obvious that they faked it back then.
2: <laughs> yes. Yep.
1: That okay. Uh... I, I was sure one of you guys was gonna correct me just now, but that is the <laughs> argument he's making?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It is. Absolutely. That's how we know the human penis and vagina are a hoax. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, it is, it's a superb argument. If they were able to fake it, if they were able to make something that looks a bit like it should look, then the entire thing is fake. Malcolm X was a hawk because of Denzel Washington. Schindler's List disproves the Holocaust. <laughs> we can throw out a lot of stuff here.
3: Yeah, exactly. That's why it should have been played by Michael Cera. We would all know that
1: story was <laughs> true. <laughs> Well, it's like how when you when you saw Schindler's List, you stopped believing in the Holocaust. I get it. I get it. <laughs> well, no. you are talking to Mark
3: Sargent's viewers, so some people are going to answer yes to that. Yeah, no, yeah that's we,
0: true. we cannot assume the Holocaust was real for the, in the minds of many of these viewers. Yeah.
1: <laughs> all right. But yeah, so the the point, though, that he spent six minutes setting up was that all space movies are encouraged by the authority. That's his term. The authority except the ones based on real events, those are not allowed. That's an exact quote. All space movies are encouraged by the authority, except ones based on real
0: events, those are not allowed yeah exactly and, and his point being like if, if Hollywood even asks if Hollywood can fake it now when did they learn to fake it so yeah like they must have developed the ability at some point it doesn't mean therefore that they always had it because like if Hollywood were able to fake the moon now if they like were able to fake it using the kind of cutting edge CGI that they used to make Samuel L. Jackson look really young and like he still had two eyes in Captain Marvel um, then <laughs> you know because a lot of people don't realise Samuel Jackson actually lost an eye in an accident 10 years ago and in every other film he's been in like in every other marvel film they cgi the eye out again like uh you're know, like superman's mustache in uh, the superman film that in every film yeah, right. you've got yeah, to yeah. put cgi back in <laughs> right. but again it's all
2: the movies about the moon are not allowed to be like real about the moon landing except the couple i named earlier all 95 percent of moon <laughs> movies can't be And there's literally a movie called Apollo 11, by the way. Yeah, there is. There is. Like at one point, he's like, why wasn't Apollo 13 about Apollo 11? And I was like, well, I mean. That would have been a weird name for it. (laughs) That's a dumb name. But also there is an Apollo 11 movie. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, he even mentions the right stuff, right? Like he's like, and why is it that the right stuff stopped before they got to the moon? And I'm like, yeah. Also, why wasn't the moon landing even in Titanic? (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's like, so why was is a film that's all about.
0: about training like all about training to yeah. an astronaut why is it focused on people and not spaceships yeah.
1: <laughs> um all right well now it's time for part two but upon realizing that we were this far in before we got part, to part two of seven i needed to take a break so we're gonna pause for a quick word <laughs> from our second sponsor this week wicks You know, it's no secret here on God Awful Movies that Wix.com is the quick and easy way to make a beautiful website for your great ideas. But today, we wanted to show you just how easy. As many of you know, we love
3: website pranks. But when it came to pranking Michael Marshall, we knew a simple redirect of someone's
2: name to a ramen noodle product wouldn't do the trick. That's why we purchased skepticoftheyear.com and were able to create a beautiful website dedicated to embarrassing our friend Marsh in minutes using one of Wix's beautiful templates.
1: And with built-in SEO tools, the moment you went to Skeptic of the Year, the easier it became for hundreds of thousands of others to think it's a real website that Marsh built for himself.
2: And you can get your great idea going just as easily. Get started now by going to Wix.com. That's wixcom slash podcast to get 10% off. Wix.com slash podcast. Your
3: idea might not be website pranks, but it can look
0: this good. You guys are dicks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a real website. You should definitely check it out. It's amazing. And we're back. I, did. I for yeah. Part two. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. You are the most skeptical skeptic, though. Um, okay. So as if we were in need of more convincing after that amazing space movie point that he just made. Uh, we're, it's time for part two. This part is going to tell us the tale of Richard E. Byrd. Now, Richard E. Byrd was uh, he was all about he was uh, oh, I'm sorry, he was a naval officer. He was an explorer. He was an aviator, a navigator, an admiral. But he was, in the words of Mark Sargent, Indiana Jones on steroids.
3: And I love, yeah. he gets into a mini argument with himself. He's like, some people would say Roy Chapman was Indiana Jones, but fuck those people. And their, <laughs> their posts on com forward slash
2: forum, just in case anyone's wondering. Yeah, the, the best scientists are usually a- action heroes on steroids. That's, this, is, this is Lance Armstrong, and he never lies.
0: Lance, tell <laughs> me about the shape of the earth. There. Like, what? doing but like what i love as well you know bird he was indiana jones on steroids you know think of harrison ford with testicular atrophy um but what i love about his introduction to, to bird right he actually into the way he first introduced sorry bird. i'm i'm busy thinking about that for a second. Give me a second.
2: you can't just throw that out and not give
1: us time to think about it everybody
2: first takes some time to think about harrison ford and his testicles slowly shriveling now fast
0: now yeah, slow but like when he does first introduce Bird, and they're flat. <laughs> <laughs> like the first thing he says about Bird is like, some of you will have heard of Richard E. Bird from the Hollow Earth theory, and he said, but we aren't going to cover any of that in this video. It's like, yeah, of course you're not, because it fundamentally requires a non-flat Earth, and therefore is a yeah, right, argument. right. You can't have a hollow <laughs> flat Earth because there's nothing to be hollow. <laughs> It's 3D propaganda and it's racist. Yeah, <laughs> And I've got to say, on the Hollow Earth thing, one of my favorite things that I've uh, ever heard, the, one of the ways that I heard about the Hollow Earth theory was the Flat Earth Society in the UK used to have a podcast. I think they only did like two or three episodes. But episode two was the Flat Earth Society interviewing a Hollow Earther. And it was an amazing hour, but, like, they didn't disagree at any point, even though their worldviews are totally <laughs> remarkably different. There was almost no really? disagreement. It was lovely. Oh, it was see, the when same- you
1: first said that, I was getting all excited because I was like, oh, my God, I want to hear a flat earther and a hollow earther argue someday. Oh. But no, they just, there was they a lot just of disagreement. mutually exclusively agree.
2: <laughs>
0: Less filling, tastes great. <laughs> but like the hollow earther that they interviewed was the guy that I interviewed on Be Reasonable who turned out to be a literal Nazi sympathizer and they didn't get to that bit. They didn't <laughs> dig in to get to that bit.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, all right. So Robert E. Bird, anyways, if, can, if, if anything creates a picture of trust, it's a hyperbolic comparison to an 80s action hero on steroids. <laughs> so the key is we all knew that Robert E. Byrd was trustworthy and then he went to Antarctica. And then he came back and then he went to Antarctica again. And then he came back and he went to Antarctica again. And then then he
0: came back and went again, but secretly and with guns and shit this time. I love the way he describes this back and forth. He said, like, yeah, he spent time in Antarctica. And then uh, during the 30s, like their 30s, 40s, he went to war uh, because he's an admiral. And then something strange happened. He went back to Antarctica. Like, yeah, the, the thing that was strange that happened was the end of the war. Like, he was oh, yeah. in Antarctica. <laughs> right. He went away to war, and then he went, he stopped being at war when the war ended and went back to doing what he was doing before the war. This is not strange. <laughs> yes. This is normal. <laughs>
3: Just him sitting in someone's office. So you're saying the Antarctica project is called off for this fucking war. Okay, no, no, it's yes. fine. I was in the middle of stuff. I was counting penguins. But yeah, no, it's fine. I'll go stop the Nazis, I guess.
0: <laughs> and speaking of the Nazis, he, he does talk about, after at the end of the war, Germany surrendered. He shows two photographs of Germany surrendering. They both have UFOs in them. That's not mentioned. We do not refer to (laughs) the UFOs in either picture.
2: Okay, I thought I was crazy. Thank you for confirming that. In my notes, I was like, did they just show a fucking flying saucer alien ship with a swastika? (laughs) Or am I taking way too many drugs right now? No.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was real. In my notes, I I, uh, said, oh yeah, we're we're not going to talk about the UFOs in the Germany Surrender photos because we said we weren't going to talk about the Hollow Earth theory. And if we start digging into (laughs) that area, that's where we're going to UFOs now. Nazis
2: all yeah. the way well plus plus we all know the aliens were Jewish read a book you idiot <laughs> yeah. yeah well even what make I sense. love
1: I love this so much because Heath um is not does not have the same conspiracy history that Eli and and myself have and obviously that Marsh has sort of by proxy to what he's doing so I because like I know all about this whole the the, the Nazi. Space, the Nazis have a base on the moon and they have a base inside the earth, and all this other crazy shit that these conspiracy theorists throw around. The idea that that iconography is just being thrown at Heath with no explanation at all is just so delightful to me. (laughs) It was
2: paralyzing.
1: It was just
3: like,
2: Nazi UFO. Okay.
1: Okay. Pause.
3: What? <laughs> Me and No are just sitting there eating popcorn. Oh, yeah, obviously, Project Paperclip. That's yeah. why they had to kill Kennedy. <laughs> March fucking gets it. Uh, s- you got to use pickling salt. That's the key. All right. Is so- that from the
1: Space Force? <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. All right. But so the key with with Robert Byrd is when he went down to the south uh, or to Antarctica, he found something amazing. Lots of ice. The, well, so he keeps <laughs> acting like it's about to be this reveal that Robert Byrd found, like he came back and he said, oh, there's some crazy shit going down in, down there. There's a wall or something. But no, when he came back and he, is he said, well, yeah, there's a lot of area
0: there that hasn't been explored. Who knows? There could be cool stuff there. Yeah, he specifically says there's, there's an area um, the size of America, uh, the, the area of America at the Antarctica. And it's like, yeah, the Antarctica is like five and a half square miles. America's about four million, five and a half million square miles. America's about four million square miles. So he's right. There is an area about the size of America uh, at the Antarctica. That's yeah, that well, crazy. <laughs> they just fuck all there.
2: <laughs> I was just thinking, like, okay, yeah, you found a piece of land bigger than the US beyond the South Pole. It's called Asia. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <It's> <laughs> and, and it, it is north earth. of the south pole you are right about <laughs> that, that. <too>. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's pretty suspicious you gotta admit because you know he said he thought in like the in 54 he thought there was a load of land beyond the south pole that there'd be loads of good stuff at and then a couple of years later after they'd stopped after they'd been exploring it for a couple of years they stopped going there now either that's like a stunning and staggering move because he was right all along and there was loads of stuff there or it's common sense because he was wrong and there was fuck all there. Like, this is not that remarkable if if there's nothing there. Well, okay,
1: so here's the thing. There are massive coal deposits in Antarctica, right? We can see them. They're on the sides Mm. of mountains and shit. It's 60 degrees below fucking zero, (laughs) and you're thousands of miles from anything. We don't need coal that bad. Okay, <laughs> what if we burn it while we mine it? God, so
3: <laughs> who has my scarf? method? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and again, like the most wonderful thing about debunking this second clue is just he was wrong, right? That's all you need to debunk
1: this second proof that yeah. the the earth earth, Okay, is but black. The, the thing is, he didn't even have to be wrong, right? Like he 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 didn't even have to be wrong. He just had to be like Misprioritizing. Oh,
3: still, you got to admit, like, for those of us who know the truth, that's got to have been a disappointing meeting for Admiral Byrd.
1: There he is. Admiral Byrd, our returning explorer. Hey,
0: hey, guys. Hey, girls, come on, don't hold back. What did you find? Gold? Oil? Something else? Nope. Um, no.
2: Uh, okay, so, you know how I said there was a, a whole landmass the size of North America? Boy, too hmm mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so, <laughs> you're actually going to laugh. Um, turns out, uh, yeah, it's just ice up there. Yeah, it's just ice? Yep, yeah, just ice. Like, very, very cold ice. Mm-hmm. Okay, right, um... Is there any oil? Ah, uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe, but if there is, it's it's under just like a ton of ice. Let me tell you, like a whole bunch. Oh. Yeah. Um,
3: that's, uh, that's disappointing.
2: Yeah, I mean, nobody's more upset than me because, you know, I was the one who wanted to go down there. But,
0: yeah, yeah, no, I see, I see. Oh,
2: yeah. It was just like So cold. I can't express that enough. Like, you know that thing where you come inside and your hands throb because it was so cold. That that's me. Like all the time, forever now. It was very cold. I hate that feeling, (sighs) though. Yeah, yeah. It's it's bad. So, just ice. Yeah, man. Just
1: ice. It's just ice. I said sorry. Sorry. Well, and in case you were curious how that actually worked out, we, we get
0: the clip. He plays the clip of this interview that he's talking about, right? Yeah, and the thing about this clip, right, the interviewer, if what really put me off is the interviewer is blinking so frequently and so quickly that it looked like he was trying to do Morse code. And so I checked. He actually <laughs> blinked out. If you actually transcribe it, he blinked, Our cover is blown, he's seen the dorm, permission to execute, straight down the barrel of the lens. <laughs>
3: You know someone has already checked that. Someone's already (laughs) been like, long, short, short. Well, this interview is long and boring, but it is entirely worth it for humans figuring out how early TV works, right? (laughs) They're bumping mics. Someone comes over with an average, does that poof flash thing. Keep doing that, Jim. We need about three more of them. Get the light out there.
0: (laughs) And it is worth pointing out, he does keep repeatedly saying Antarctica is the bottom of the world, which makes no sense if you think for a second that he he believed that the world was flat and under a dome. It makes no sense. It makes perfect sense if he knew the world was round and was talking about the world being smaller and and things because of uh, World War II freaking the fuck out of everyone and thinking, shit, we need to be ready for anything. So like he very Mm -hmm. clearly believed the world was round and says it pretty explicitly in that interview.
1: And also, look, I want to point out that the interviewer, the guy interviewing him, who's so fucking stupid that when referring to 35 years ago, he calls it three score and five years ago at the (laughs) beginning of the interview. That fucking idiot points out when when Bird says, well, there's a ton of coal down there. He's like, right. But. But that wouldn't be economically viable. We'd need more coal to get there to get it than we would get from it, right? And he's like, well, yeah, no, that would not make sense.
2: We'd have to find uranium there for it to make any sense. Good for the coal industry.
1: (laughs) Good solid American jobs, Get them back. (laughs) And I don't give a fuck what Mark says. Indiana Jones would fuck this dude up. No question.
2: And by the way, the interviewer also says at this point, he's like, yeah, so I I understand the North Pole. I understand why we we explored the arctic um we don't want russia attacking from uh above you know but why the south and admiral bird's like for science i don't know like i'm not on your side you guys keep saying things to try to like (laughs) pretend like i'm on yours i'm not on your it's just for science you guys like boo nerd tell us about the like the corner angel in the graphic that we just showed (laughs) (laughs) Um, and speaking of which marsh can i ask you about this Have you dealt with this this pic? You you know the picture I'm talking about that they show. They show like the flat map, and in the corners of this like you know it's a circle with Antarctica as the perimeter. Yeah, yeah, the A map, yeah. Yeah, and in each corner of that shot is an angel. Is that part of the worldview of the people you've dealt with, <laughs> uh, the corner angels?
0: Yeah, sort of, but not literally. So the weird thing is fundamentally, and we'll get to it uh, as we go through this. Right, fundamentally beneath pretty much all flat Earth belief is fundamentalist Christian Christianity, creationism, and sort of a biblical view, biblical literalism. So they probably think the world is being metaphorically held up by angels, but they also think the world is on pillars because the Book of Job says it's on pillars. So yeah, the, the angels are there for moral Why would support. It need I think. Pill-
2: pillars and a metaphor.
0: You don't need pillars
1: and a metaphor to hold something up. That's Well, the pillars the pillars have the rockets that provide the acceleration that needs to happen to make the gravity work.
2: Okay. They're like rockets. All Excellent. right. So they're they they don't want us to fuck the corner angels is what you're telling me. That's why we're not allowed near the I think edge. it's frowned
1: upon. It's frowned upon. Okay. Well, they're holding up the they would get distracted. Yeah. All right, so now it's time for video number three. This one's titled The Map Makers. The USGS will be the subject of this video. And <laughs> it's a little depressing opening here. He starts talking about what the US Geological Survey is, and he's like, they have a budget of over a billion dollars a year. And as soon as he said that, I'm like, I bet they don't under fucking Trump. And I checked it. No, they don't. It's under, eight, it's under 900 million now.
0: <laughs> yeah, he yeah. introduced them as a scientific brand to the US government. And I was thinking, oh, yeah, I forgot you guys used to have those. Yeah, we did. We did
1: once. Uh, Put a remember. guy on the moon. <laughs> what I love is
3: him trying to downplay the USGS by being like, I'm sorry, a billion dollars just for making maps? That's <laughs> <As> <laughs> yeah. <as> two guys. <laughs> you draw a sketch, you check it, and then what? Is printing costs? This is so simple.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so he's showing us like a bunch of different um Earth map projections, right? All the various projections, all, by the way, superior to the Mercator. And then he says, and look at this one where you look at it from the top down. That looks suspiciously like
2: what we think. He gets so excited about this. He's like... You can draw maps in all different shapes. They have to let you. And <laughs>
0: you're, you're, allowed, you're allowed to look
2: at the maps from the top and above if you want. Look at this.
0: There's, there's a map at like, uh, I checked it. it. was like one minute 45. There's a map where it's kind of, uh, the shape is sort of like a squashed figure of eight. And it looks exactly like the Earth has sat on a photocopier at the, uh, fo- at the office Christmas party to times. It's got that kind yeah. of <laughs> flat Cheeks <laughs> thing going on. So I, I think that's what happened. The Earth did that before like getting off with Venus or something and regretting it the, the morning after. <laughs> so- <laughs> and he also he does also throw a bit of shade at the USGS again. There's a lovely line where he says, "What is this large, really boring government group uh, doing?" And he he's pointed out they've got 9,000 employees, and I just have the idea in my head of like 9,000 employees when he says this large, really boring government group's gone "Hey,
1: we're we're not boring."
0: <laughs> oh, just like on, well, 9,000 downtrodden <laughs> government employees. <laughs> Okay, well, <laughs> well I guess, We're awesome. guess you could just find a well on your
2: property by yourself. Then. <laughs> <laughs> look at all the blank space outside the circle on their map. Why, why are they always using, using rectangle paper? That's, <laughs> what are they hiding? The corner
1: angels. <laughs> yeah, but, but okay, so he shows the, the, the one map projection. And yes, look, there are a million ways of trying to project a three-dimensional image on a two-dimensional Space, right, so, and, and 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 so they all have their various disadvantages. And one useful one is the one where you that top down model, right? I don't know the name of it, but that top down model of
0: yeah, the, of the of equidistant and, map, the AE map. They use they, they refer Ar- to this moved, constantly. The, the, the AE map is the one that they, they oh, right, right, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm sure.
1: um But yeah, and it turns out that that's the map the USGS uses. Now, I want to point out. USGS uses a bunch of different maps. They don't just all have the one map that they yeah. have to use. I love the idea that somebody's in Rhode Island or something trying to find an address for the USGS. He's like, fuck, this map is way too big. <laughs> Damn.
2: <laughs> Excuse me, Corner Angel, can you point me to the place in Providence that I'm trying to get to? <laughs> Ma'am, ma'am, <laughs> you don't hear me? You don't hear me? Okay.
1: Yeah, so, Yeah, but then, okay, so then I guess the argument that he's making is that the USGS uses the same map that that flat earthers use. So why do we take them seriously and not flat earthers?
0: Yeah, and, but the, I think it's also oh, that, right? uh, that the Flat Earth must be true because the, the logo of the Flat Earth Society is the same as the USGS. It's like, yeah, the Flat Earth Society got it from the USGS. Yeah. It's the it's not- yeah. Amazing. <laughs> well,
1: well, but the USGS stole it from that dead Islamic guy. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, the, the, right, this is like, Al, for a
0: really uh, long Al Baruni, uh who had a similar map to the E1. Yeah. E- e- they say they, they, the they, 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 the powers, they didn't want you to know about the this authority. guy who came up with it a thousand years ago. <laughs> and so to obscure him from history, NASA named a crater after him just to really make sure he disappears from the history <laughs> books.
1: Yeah, right. There's, like nobody wants you to know about him. So here's a bunch of statues to him and things like <laughs> <No>. that. <laughs>
3: Still, you've got to admit that if the UN and the USGS are both using this map, they're doing a terrible job of hiding it. Right? <laughs> Gentlemen,
0: I'd like to present to you <laughs> our flag. That's, uh, that's the international millennial-old conspiracy that we're in charge of hiding.
2: Yeah! Isn't it great? Of oh, hiding it in plain sight. Uh nope. I mean, really just putting it in plain sight, right? We're we're putting it if we do that with a flag right. and we'll use the map too. Okay, that's oh. worse. Yeah, that's nope. definitely worse. mm mm-hmm.
0: Mhm. Oh. You guys you guys really don't think this is funny? Well, not really, no. It's just a like a super obvious giveaway of our greatest secret. Giveaway of our great secret. Yes, exactly. Thank you. Oh. Okay.
1: Um, I guess how about, hey, wait, why don't you just show us the symbol you came up with for the UN instead? Uh, you know, actually, I don't really want to right now because, um,
0: it's, it's, it's the same thing, isn't it? It is the same thing. Yes. Come on. <gasps>
3: I was so
1: sure you guys were going to love this. Well, and okay. All right. So here's the, he says, you know, all of these different projections are there and, 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 and only our map is derided all over the world. And I'm like, first of all, okay, I'm pretty sure the fucking Mercator projection is also derided all over the world. But Mm -hmm. secondly, people who use that map don't actually think the world is rectangular. (laughs) Right? It's not the map that you're using that we're taking issue. If you guys were just fans of the Atsamuthal with the fucking equidistant map, if you were just fans of that map, we'd leave you the fuck alone. Yeah, yeah. I think the world looks
2: like paper dolls that are cut out like that.
0: Because he also Idiots. says like, uh, how come the UN flag, the USGS logo, and the flat earth map, they're all the same map of the world, but only one of those groups is, uh, is ridiculed as being outdated. It's like, yeah, because only one of those groups takes that map literally as what the shape of the yes. world is. The others know that's just a projection or a fucking logo. Like. The UN thing comes up all the time. So many times flat earthers have came up to me at talks and in conversations I've had to say, well, why does the UN need a logo? And if they have got a logo, why is it the flat earth? And why is Antarctica on it? It's like, because nobody fucking lives in Antarctica. It's not a nation. There's no Arctic it's on there either. It's not yes. <laughs> going of
1: the
2: UN's. Yes. Just going up to a cop with that logo on your phone, like, can you point me to where... My address is on this logo <laughs> on the front page.
3: Uh, this is official. This is very important. Using a state-financed map. It's like right. one of those <laughs> private sector maps.
1: <laughs> okay, well, I'll tell you what. Technically, this counts as halfway if you count the preface stuff, and I do. So we're going to pause here to catch our collective breaths. But first, let me give videos four through seven the hard sell here. Can the sheeple be awakened? If the Earth is round, why am I able to set a ball on it? Will we one day discover a mound of frozen flat-earther rogues a few miles into Antarctica? Find out the answers to no questions at all when we return for the conclusion of how much we were willing to watch
0: of Flat Earth Clues. So welcome to Be Reasonable. Uh, My guest today is Eli Bosnick, who doesn't believe in toothbrushes. Eli, could you tell, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself?
3: Thank you, Marsh. I'm sorry, but bones
0: that grow out of my head, they'll be just fine on their own. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So, so what do you say to people who say that one of the most important things we have to do for our health every day is brushing our teeth, and yet most of us don't do it properly? Uh,
3: long boring gish galop is what I say, Marsh. Uh, and also, I don't answer your question. Besides, uh, it takes too long,
0: and it's expensive. Mm-hmm. That's, that's interesting. Um, but why don't you try Quip? What's, the uh, Quip? The Jew thing? Quip, it was, uh, it was designed to make brushing your teeth more simple, affordable, even enjoyable. It's got a built-in two-minute timer that pulses every 30 seconds to remind you when to switch sides, so it helps guide you to a full and even clean. Two minutes? I mean, Marsh, time is literally money. Mmm, mmm. Well, brush heads are automatically delivered on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5. Like with President Lincoln? Mm, well, uh, that's why I love Quip, and it's why they're backed by over 20,000 dental professionals. Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to getquip.com forward slash awful right now, you'll get your first refill pack for free with a Quip electric toothbrush. So you're saying that's your first refill pack free
3: at com slash awful? Yeah, that's right.
0: I'm in. Glad to hear it. Sorry, I meant I'm mentally ill. I'm ill. Yes, yes, you are. That's the only reason I'm talking to you. White. <laughs> so, how's it going in here? Yeah, not well. Sarah's been trying to trap me in the box.
2: Yummy, yummy
0: butterscotch. Right, right. And I, and I think I mm. might have turned your president into a flat earther.
3: But why are there Mm. no flights in South America? That's just true. There are, are. though. But come on, guys. You got to admit, there's holes in the story here. I mean, not being able to see the curve of the Earth, the Bishop experiment, the moon landing. You got to admit, this is all starting to make sense.
1: No, no, you don't have to admit that any of this makes you shouldn't. In fact, you know why all those things happen? Because science is unintuitive and sometimes it's hard. Because math is precise and immune to a generation that grew up clicking on one weird trick shit. Because making up bullshit is easy and proving the truth is complex and hard because it's the fucking truth. And there are no shortcuts. And if you'd stop wasting the time of everyone around you and take a minute to fucking Google, you'd know that you're a selfish, ignorant, anti-education buffoon.
0: Oh,
2: wow. Tyler.
0: Yelly. Very yelly. Sorry. Hey, I mean, I appreciate it. I've been wanting to say that stuff for years over and be reasonable. Oh, years. You say
1: years weird. You do. It's true. You say it weird.
0: Yeah, I'm from the north. (laughs) Oh?
1: And we're back for more of this shit, starting with part four, which he titles Shell Beach. (laughs) And which I've titled, you know, movies. (laughs) Well, but before we get to movies, you know, mice.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because if he don't, he can change that. It doesn't have to be mice. He'll he'll, think of anything right now. All
1: right. This is a a four year old is about to tell us a joke, right? Like this is that's how this (laughs) works. He goes, imagine a mouse in a box. You no. could also use a different. It doesn't have to be a mouse, that's fine. That's fine. We will work with you. It could be a hamster, could be a snake, couldn't be a giraffe that we would how would you find a box large enough? So he he spends 15 fucking minutes setting up mouse and box. Yeah, this this just
0: made me think he had something to hide about mice. And so when later he's talking (laughs) about how, um, you know, he's talking about how later how a mouse always inspects its surroundings and starts probing for an exit. I was like, yeah, Uh yeah, yeah. Mark Sargent (laughs) has definitely put a mouse in his ass before. That is definitely what's happened. Well, that would
1: definitely (laughs) explain why he spent so much time going like, you don't know. I could have just choose a mouse at random. There's no reason for it. It's mice. People like mice. What the fuck? People (laughs) like mice. I
2: never (laughs) met anybody who doesn't like mice. Yeah, famously so. (laughs) Flat Earthers... We are the lab mice of geography. (laughs) Nope. That's not a good slogan. Shit. Yeah, so he spends
1: three minutes setting up. If you put an animal in a cage, usually it'll settle
0: down depending on the animal. Yeah, yeah. You put a mouse in a cage, it it sort of settles into lifestyle. It starts, you know, working out, giving each other tattoos, talking to each other about what they're going to do once they're on the outside. They start really getting into (laughs) (laughs) lifestyle. Oh, just a
3: mouse lifting weights.
1: (laughs) Okay, so yeah, now that you understand the very complicated concept of mouse in a box, now we have to imagine a larger box. So for that, we're going to look at a wildlife preserve. That's like a box, right?
2: Sorry, you keep saying this word "box." Can you? you Do you need a visual, a visual aid, aid of some of sort? Some sort. So like okay, yeah. but yeah, Liam Neeson. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So basically, he says, you know, okay. So you put an animal in a cage, and it'll it'll fuck around for a little while, and then it'll settle down. If you put an animal in a big reserve, it doesn't even know it's in a cage most of the time. Kind of like you, huh?
2: Hmm. Yeah. Get it? <laughs> and when I see a fence, I immediately say to myself, how do I start a global conspiracy to hide this beautiful <laughs> fence from everyone yeah. forever? I must conceal this. His
3: projections onto the human psyche here are fascinating. And he's like, look, you show a person a fence, they fly into a murderous rage. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. Some of us... Some of us just go do something else.
0: <laughs> <laughs> thing is, what he says about the fence as well. He says uh, the fence is when it, the, the fence for the humans. He said, "Well, the fence it's bigger, it's older, and wiser than they are." He like, said, "The fence is wiser than them." Right? Like, <laughs> you, that's a weird addition to make about this wise fence.
3: Oh, I wanted so badly for a flash cut to him just being getting advice from a fence. You guys got to break up, man. Real couples don't fight this much. I know, I know. You're right, fence. You're always right. Ugh. Relationships
1: are easy when the person is right. I know, I know. But the point is, though, that they can't just tell us about the giant fence that encloses us in on Earth, or we'd go nuts. And he shows, as a picture of that, he shows Beatlemania. So yeah, big fences would cause beetle mania. he also says i have swooned at a fence no I'm, I'm, with you. I'm with
2: you. there's some there's some hot ones yeah i've seen you swoon at stairs he <laughs> <laughs> that's also true, nonetheless. Uh, it's not really the point I was trying to make. Uh, speaking of which, you remember the Hunger Games? The world is like the Hunger Games.
0: It's yep. just like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the point he's making here. And he, this is where he starts to speak well, yeah. in a little bit more about what he's really about. Because he says the fence, it'd be proof of a higher power. He said, maybe not God, but God-like. By which he means God. He means God at this point. Uh, <laughs> and then yeah. he, he
1: shows a picture of Morgan Freeman. Yes, he does. at that point when he says, "But who made the fence?" It shows Morgan Freeman from fucking Bruce Almighty. Um. So <laughs> anyway, so he says, "Like, let me. How how will I explain how this works uh, to you so you'll understand? How about I use." A movie about sludge aliens that drive dead people around so they can make Kiefer Sutherland fuck Rufus Sewell for science or whatever. (laughs) It's like that.
2: Still confused? Here's a picture of Morgan Freeman being hunted by Liam Neeson (laughs) 50 years ago. sorry, though.
1: (laughs) This is where he brings up, and I I hate this, because conspiracy theorists always use the movie Dark City in their bullshit, and I love that fucking movie. Stop conspiracy theorists find your own fucking movie stop fucking with dark city that was a great flick <laughs> i can't watch dark city now without thinking about these goddamn conspiracy theorists i don't know if he's made
0: the truman show worse or better to watch because like i love the truman show and then jim carrey <laughs> became a, uh, a horrible anti-vaxxer and now the mm-hmm. film's being used to justify uh. i don't know if that's better or worse or whether it compounds things <laughs> Very, and now yeah. he's
3: fighting Mussolini's granddaughter on Twitter. Yes. It's a confusing time to be alive.
2: Um also the world is round in all of those movies. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. What no. The but, fuck point is he making? Well, bear in mind that his previous point, just like ten minutes ago, was they don't let you show real stuff in films because then you would uh, you'd, you'd know what was real. So anything <laughs> you see in film can't anymore. be real. Here are some examples in films of what I think the world is really like.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. And by the way, like the movies get exponentially worse. We move from the Truman Show to The Village. But what I really love about it, the message that he's sending, he's like, hey, your life is just like Rufus Sewell in Dark City or Jim Carrey and Truman. Show. You, person sitting at home watching YouTube in your underwear during your refractory period, are just like the hero in a big movie, huh? <laughs> yeah. Also, he fails to point out that every
3: single example he cites is about the first person to figure it out. No, none of those secrets stay secrets in any of those movies. <laughs> no,
1: that's <laughs> right.
3: Exactly. <laughs>
1: as much as I hate to admit how well I know
0: what the, the village does, actually. They, they, they,
3: they. Oh, that's right. That's uh, true. Yeah.
0: So, so he brings up the village and he says like the, the they all conspire to keep the kids uh, locked in this kind of uh, box enclosure. And then he raises the hypothetical question of how many kids he could raise in a confined space without anybody asking any questions. And weirdly, <laughs> Eli has asked that exact same question before.
3: <laughs> sorry for talking shop with Andy. I'm sorry. I <laughs> only get to see
1: him once every couple of years. Hey, Mark, sometimes oh. she, there's th- things you wonder about on the inside man <laughs> yeah.
2: this was such a weird point though he was like yeah so you can imagine how rigging the truman show for like 7.5 billion people would be tricky um okay but but please stop doing that actually no, about it. <laughs>
1: like maybe
2: could you t- actually turn off the
0: audio i feel like i'm making it worse <laughs> each time i say something <laughs> could just watch my weird graphics well, I thought this actually about the weird graphics because it gets later on. And he starts really hammering through the graphics pretty quickly. And I thought, I really want to just present this to someone with the sound off and have them narrated sight unseen. And just to see what point they think this is all making just with these random graphics. Oh, see, wow. Really, it'd be a great experiment. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that would be
0: fun. Just choose one of these videos at
1: random. Yeah. All right. And also, by the way, the, he makes a point here. I know it's kind of unrelated to the movie thing, that the larger thing that he's talking about. But I love this so goddamn much. He's talking about how the world is set up like the Truman Show or like The Village to discourage us from figuring out where the edges are. And he points out, like, think about it. If you travel further south, it gets cold and there's icebergs. And why would the water be all salty to begin with if we were supposed to sail that way? (laughs) Yeah. Yes, indeed. Why would the
0: water be salty if they wanted you to sail south? So ironically, right, a friend of mine works for an Antarctica charity. And I asked her the question about it. She said, well, the thing I I said, have you heard this point? It's ridiculous. And she said, well, the thing is, the closer you get to Antarctica, the less salty the water gets because the ice is melting and diluting it. So the water around (laughs) Antarctica is less salty. Well,
3: I just love that there was someone at the giant alien god Dome creation company. Like everyone was like, liquid magma under the earth, a giant impenetrable wall miles above the sky. And he was like, salty,
1: salty Salt. water. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that we're over an hour in and we're still constructing the one might theoretically be able to make a plausible fiction about this concept argument, right? Yeah. We're still
2: giving that the hard sell here. Yeah, well, I think the fiction is called Pac-Man because he's like, yeah, what if you set up the world like Pac? People, you could just end up back where they started, too. There's a lot of ways. Shit, did I start describing a globe again? I, feel,
0: I keep doing that. <laughs> so, I think I described a globe again. I'm going to blow your mind here, but I know a flat earther who believes the world does work like Pac-Man. Um, so, yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, if you, uh, if you, (laughs) yeah, totally. So, if you, and it's not just because he's seen you eat. (laughs) (laughs) So, his point was if you circumnavigate the North Pole and the South Pole, it takes roughly the same amount of time, which wouldn't work in the AE model where the South Pole is the Arctic Circle, which is the circumference of the circle. It would take fucking ages compared to the middle. Uh, And that if you circumnavigate at the equator, that's the longest way to get around the world. Whereas in that disk version, the equator would be kind of halfway between the center of the circle and the circumference. So it wouldn't be the longest way. So the only way you can make that work in his model is to have the Earth as a diamond ship with the north pole at the top, south at the bottom, equator across the middle. And then you have the problem of falling off the edges. <laughs> Unless you don't believe they're edges, you place four-dimensional time-space warps along either edge. So you go off to them, them the Four-dimensional time-space warps? Okay. Four-dimensional, yeah. No, actually, yeah.
1: Actually, no, when you get to the edge, you have to, <laughs> you, you have to if, if there's a disc there, it'll take you back to the top of the diamond Right, and then coyly <laughs> will keep going. He'll just jump off the
0: edge, thinking you're still there. He never Does he think that
1: there are pellets on the earth
3: that he can <laughs> he use to? God damn!
0: But I just just picture that diamond earth in your mind, and picture the sort of the, the top left and the top right lines kind of connecting through uh, this fundamental time space warp. And now, for a second, instead of having that time-space warp, bend that diamond earth backwards until those sides touch at the top and the bottom. <laughs> yes! And what you get you to have- kind of an 8-bit oh. globe. And if you just take more measurements, you get to more and more high resolution until you end up with a sphere. So like, oh, That's- you're so close, mate. <laughs>
2: As perfect. And then you end up uh, getting thrown into, you know, the New Jersey turnpike and you're in being John Malkovich's mind. It's great. Yeah. Well,
1: OK, but so here's here's my issue with all of this, because their argument ultimately is that God made this and he's trying to trick us into thinking that the earth is round. Right. By, you know, making it hotter as you go lower and colder as you go towards the edge and everything. And like, wouldn't it have
0: occurred to God at a certain point to just make it round yeah, exactly. It's like if you have a like they say that the bigger the dorm, the less you need to manage it because it'll be too big to leave. And you know what else is really hard to leave? A spherical planet with a high gravity. A yes. gravity. It took us <laughs> fucking ages to leave it.
2: <laughs> you know what also also is hard to leave? The Pac Man board. Yeah.
4: yeah. Anna, Anna. <laughs> It all works. work. It.
0: it. all yeah. works. There's, there's an absolutely lovely moment as well, uh, which just shows you his, uh, not just his worldview, his universe view. He's talking about um, how the dorm on the earth could look a bit like a stadium roof. And he says, quote, <laughs> depending on how you want to display things like the sun, moon and stars, because he believes the sun, moon and stars are displays on the dorm. Oh, they are projections God. on the dorm because we're in a massive it. planetarium. Makes sense. Yeah. You know
2: how you know how nobody tries to claw their way out of the ceiling at indoor stadiums most of the time? <laughs> humans are just like that. Well, except astronauts. They but they're liars. Yeah. Yes.
3: Well, and according to Mark's logic, humans would see the top of the stadium and be like, kill, kill,
4: stadiums. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Still, you've got to wonder, right? Because the whole basis for this is like a mouse in a box. What conversation was Mark having that he kept having to redefine that mouse box? Okay, so imagine you put a mouse in a glass cage;
1: it would die.
3: Uh, no, no, it's it, it has air holes. It would, but it would escape. Then through the,
1: uh, the holes. The
3: air holes. Wait, it's a glass, but they're too small for it to crawl
1: through. Well, but mice can dig, though. They. It's a dig-proof, extra-tall, breathable glass
3: cage with a mouse in it. You got it?
2: No. I hate you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, and now we, we reach part five. We're almost, we're getting close. You can smell part seven from here. Part five, the status quo. Um, Now we have to start way, this one we have to start way back in early, in a (laughs) non-specific time that was ago. Come on, this first sentence
3: is impressively wrong. Look, (laughs) back then there were five religions. No, no, no.
0: There was yeah. never a time when there were only
3: five religions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He
0: names the five as well. So it's Christianity, Judaism, Islam, Hinduism, and Buddhism. So it's like, haha, unlucky Sikhs. Go fuck yourself, ancient Greeks. <laughs> you guys do not count.
2: <laughs> Hiding what? Nothing. Hiding nothing. Yeah, also, the, the title of this was uh, intriguing to me. The Status Quo is the name of this section. And I was very excited to find out how, how a lie about a round earth is going to, like... Keep the rich in power. Like, what is there's a bunch of Illuminati hanging out, being like, all right, we got two ideas. Uh, Hands up for murder AOC. Great. (laughs) Great. Hands up for round earth conspiracy. Oh, wow. Okay. A lot more for that. Like, what (laughs) Marsh, have you heard like, Theories on how this keeps the rich in power somehow? Is there like big globe? Like what's the, yeah, what's so, the end game there?
0: Sort of. Uh, so the people who are behind it all, uh, they don't want you asking questions. So they like to keep you uh, divorced from reality. And so uh, because you don't know sure. – like, so uh, one of the things Mark Sargent uh, has said about this is uh, if they hide the truth of the Dome from you, you never ask the big questions like who put the Dome there, what's beyond the Dome, why, why is this all here? So you're not, you, you haven't got access to the level of reality to start asking the big questions. But I did ask him what do they have to gain from it? And he said, well, the thing is uh, if they accept that the Dome is there, they'll have to throw out so much of science – that it's just going to be chaos and people like NASA's got a budget uh. and all these other people have got a budget and we kind of come to that in, in, in a bit <laughs> as well so yeah.
1: Yeah, no that's actually what this whole video is about. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, exactly. that's what he that's what he's going to try to explain here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Okay, but the answer is, sh- yeah, basically.
0: yeah. The answer is yeah. we know for a fact the dome is there because we can't see it. Because that's how, and the fact that we can't see the dome means not only is it there, but it means they're very good at hiding it from us. And if they're that good at hiding it from us, they must be hiding <laughs> all sorts of other stuff as well.
3: Look, <laughs> what is the best-funded industry in the world? NASA. That's Great. right, exactly. <laughs> space, <laughs> space exploration and science. We just throw. Most of our money towards that. Am I
1: right? (laughs) Right Therefore,
3: we do got to keep the balance going.
1: (laughs) So, okay, but the point, the key here to start is that there are five religions. Shut up. There are five of them. (laughs) Yeah. All of them used to have a flat earth with a firmament dome thing. That is not remotely true. There is no way to
0: get there from here. No, but in in fairness to him, he does say, I'm not going to go into any detail on that. uh, Because if he does go into detail later, we'll fall apart if he (laughs) did
1: And he was right about that. He didn't.
2: (laughs) He nailed that one. He should have put a post-it on his uh, computer or something to not ever do that while he was writing up his narration.
1: All right. But then Copernicus came along and fucked it up for everybody. And I love the way – this is how he tells the story – then Copernicus came along and said maybe the Earth was round and spinning around the sun. So all the religions went
0: along with him. Just you know, yeah, he does say like finally ago, you know, there was Copernicus, and he probably had a little help. Cut to an image of Morgan Freeman as God. He so, was oh, okay, Morgan okay. What okay, so are <laughs> so Someone had their uh, their deist hand on the till uh, on the way on the, the scales at this point. <laughs> yes.
1: Um, but, yeah, but so all the religions followed Copernicus. They were very polite about it. <laughs> um, And then Richard Byrd, Harrison Ford with testicular atrophy, uh, kind of came along and fucked it up by seeing that wall from Game of Thrones, apparently. Yeah. Right? Uh, And then America and Russia found the top of the dome with a rocket ship. So we're going back to a lot of the stuff that we learned in the intro and shit. But that's when America and Russia found the top of the dome with their rocket ships. So the the Russia and the U.S., you know, they were such good buddies back then. They got together and they said, hey, let's hide this wall because if people found out about it, it would wreak havoc with Twitter's servers. Okay. there's. It's just a <laughs> tiny moment here. But in this
3: explanation, he says, it's like a blind man describing an elephant. <laughs> and
0: I just wrote, nope, that's not what that story is yeah, <laughs> that's I love not that. That. yeah about the wall. It's like a, it's like a, a, a he's a, yeah a bunch of blind men describing elephants. Yeah, like all those blind men who stand against a wall and describe what they're feeling, which is exactly the same as each other because it's a fucking wall. It's flat in all directions.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah that doesn't work when you're talking about a uniform object. You know how you know how when you close your eyes and you touch an elephant's penis and you don't know what it is right away. <laughs> Nobody. Uh, <laughs> Why <do I> always- <laughs> I'm the only one who's closed doing a blindfolded elephant penis. Game. All right. That's no, fine. No, mind. No, <laughs> yeah, I don't even
0: explain what I mean. We don't blindfold ourselves. Why deny yourself that pleasure? Yeah. Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but yeah, but Ruins now
1: this is where he presents the parade of horribles that would happen if we uh, t- told people about the flat earth. So f- f- Twitter servers crashing is just the very beginning guys nasa would also have to disband because they'd have to admit they were wrong this whole time and then who would fake our moon landings
0: yeah and right? apparently yeah. that's like a, it's meant to be a bad thing but he hates nasa and space programs, so like this is still good news surely that nasa's shutting down
1: right well it even yeah. says that in the video he's like and a lot of you are probably going who gives
2: a shit well i'm not done is why is why <laughs> Yeah, he's saying like, yeah, you'd probably all be happy that the liars at NASA were fired, uh, just like you're happy about this photo of two children in a dog cage that I'm showing you. <laughs> what the fuck was happening there? I, I'm not exaggerating. That's what we're watching when he says that. Because it's children because, in a cage. Because he had said the word discipline right before that.
0: Yeah, he accidentally switched on the webcam at that point. He's like, oh shit, he went back to the pictures. <laughs>
3: And, and follow me. Is this his actual argument? I know you wouldn't care that NASA would lose their jobs, but do you know the Ark of the Covenant and the Ring of Power? Okay, sorry. No.
1: <laughs> Did I just say something nonsensical? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, but no. He, he continues this parade of horrible. He says like also. You know, we would lose big space. That would totally fuck the, uh, the economy. Astronomers would be super embarrassed. There's
2: like 37 people out of a job right there. Um, <laughs> universities would have like uh, empty lecture halls. I mean, just in the astronomy building until they reassigned <laughs> it as a room to any other I planet. mean, honestly, but, like,
1: probably dedicated to domology at that
0: point. But, you know, it's, yeah. it's just... I also love how, like, upkeep on those buildings. Like in Mark, worldview, Mark Sargent's worldview, Marxargent's world view like NASA is the linchpin that holds the entire global economy together. Like yes! NASA, all of, <laughs> all of the like, international economy just collapses immediately. <laughs> yes, <laughs> those globe manufacturer
2: stocks crash. The telescope <laughs> industry <laughs> crashes. Well, We're done.
1: Well, but no. But here's the thing: once we got done. You know, I don't know ripping the flesh from the bones of all the NASA employees, then we would turn our fury on the government and bring the whole fucking thing down. I wrote in my notes I'm like I feel like we missed some steps here, Mark.
0: We also <laughs> missed the fact that not only are, you know, those buildings going to be repurposed, but famous scientists are going to have to look for other jobs, and those famous scientists that needed the jobs will be Stephen Hawking and Carl Sagan. Now, the two Hawking like, couldn't Hawken come died up with a single living
1: out. scientist.
0: Yeah, like, <laughs> Hawking did die after this came out, but Sagan's been dead for decades. I don't think he needs to upskill at this point. He probably checked out the job market.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the fuck is Galileo and Copernicus going to do? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and this is where the Ark of the Covenant, the Holy Grail, and the Ring of Power become relevant. That's where he, that's again. That's a quote. I'm not just making fun of the movie. I'm, I am making fun of it, but I'm, I'm doing it by quoting it. He says, and I quote, and this is where the Ark of Co- the Covenant, the Holy Grail, and the Ring of Power become relevant. And I'm like, okay,
2: go on.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, but then he immediately says, I realized, as I, I heard myself say that, I said, Ring of Power at the end. That was dumb. That was... Uh, just fake scene.
3: Does anyone... Yeah. Believe in the ring of power? <laughs> no. Okay, I was just I'm checking. <laughs> hey,
1: do people think the Ark of Covenants is real? Mm-hmm. Like the, and the Holy Grail, yeah.
0: Yeah, I the suspect okay. these okay. yeah. people. Well, uh, right.
1: to, to be fair, the Ark of the Covenant is, i was at least real. Like, that was a real thing, and it probably still exists fragmentarily mm-hmm. somewhere. You know boxes? Remember we <laughs> talked about boxes earlier?
3: You can earlier? put mice in them. you it's know to, think we imagine,
2: put mice imagine in? a... But God and a box of You put
3: God in a small ornamented box, he's going to look for the edges, but then he'll settle down.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The point that they're making here as well, the point is that um, if we admit the world is flat, religious people might try and use it to say they were right which is pretty fucking rich given that the majority of flat earth proponents are religious people trying to use this to prove the Bible's true. The entire yes. history really of yeah. flat earth is is a way of proving right. biblical literalism. It's like you're just pointing to what you're actually doing here.
2: Yeah, right.
1: People would be all like me about it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know you know how the big five religions always team up for stuff? <laughs> yeah, okay. Happen. That would happen again. No, that's yeah. the maybe the bullshittiest line in this whole thing.
1: He's like, And then all the religions would unite together. And I'm like, nope. Okay, more likely to believe the flat earth shit, man. Just stick with that. I just want to know which
3: religion is going to end up with all the power.
0: (laughs) Okay, everyone, if I could just have your attention. Now, as you know, it's been revealed that the earth is flat and in a, a giant dome thing the entire world has now given over all of their power to the one true religion, the Church of England. We, I mean, I'll be honest, we didn't actually think we were going to get it either. We, you know, there it is, there it is. So, um, yeah, this this Sunday, if you could all just pop in, um, that'd be lovely. Also, uh, a few parish notices. Uh, Mrs. Hashem, she's still doing her clothing drive, which now has a budget of $48 billion. So, uh Good on that. Good uh, good on that. I don't get this sketch.
1: Trust me, it's killing in England. <sighs> <laughs> it could be worse. It could be it could have been a,
2: yep, a worse one. <laughs> I got cake. So not only would religion become more powerful, he's also saying, like, well, you know, science would be weaker after losing astronomy and astrophysics they'd be weaker by two entire sciences <laughs> yeah, yeah. so i mean they'd still have the other big three sciences you know <laughs> <laughs> you'd still have re- regular physics and um minerals and vegetables <laughs> <laughs> yeah but they'd be losing five we'd still this turn into religion zombies <laughs> yeah
1: all right but yeah that's that's the problem religion would get too much power so they have to lie about it. Now we get to part six titled Depth Perception. And this time we're going to talk about just how thick that earth coin would have to be. Now, I know it's a small <laughs> thing considering how much dumb shit he's done in this movie so far. But he refers to the thickness of the earth as its height. Yeah, he does. (laughs) Oh, and again, these videos keep getting better and better
3: with each one because he's got to sum up his previous crazy (laughs) arguments. So he's like, okay, uh, just so we're all caught up, please start at video one. I numbered them. (laughs) Uh, We're in a giant dome covered in plasma TVs with danger high and ice around, water, salt,
2: Moon isn't real.
3: All right. Sounds good. Right.
2: Cool. Let's get yeah. to my
3: next set of facts.
2: Got it. Invisible vibranium, super LEDs with the stars showing on them. Uh, try to keep up. Moving on. No, I will not move on. Absolutely not. No questions. Also, what's a super LED? Oops. I Are they special? I You can't. You can't show stars in
0: regular ones. Yeah, but uh, what he's doing there, he's making a fundamental error. Is that you buy the latest technology? It's going to date really quickly. It's just a false economy. You're better off waiting, wait for the price to come down a little, wait for it to be a bit established. (laughs) (laughs) Never be an early adopter. It's just not worth it. We are slashing prices. Yeah, if you do
1: it right, you only have to buy one dome. That's what I'm saying. You buy one dome if you do it right. Um, Yes. (laughs) So basically, yeah, he sums it up. He says, "Okay, so we've got the dome, and the oxygen gets lower as you go up. We got the icebergs and the coldness out to the edges. But what if you tried to dig through the
0: whole Earth? Even dumb people can dig, after all." Just on the the salt water for a second. So at this point, when I was watching it, I messaged my friend again and said. Like salt water, yeah, his argument is it'll prevent sailors from traveling because they can't drink the salt water, so they can't get enough fresh water on board to travel around. My friend said, yeah, the sailors would just like lick an iceberg once you get there, it's fine, it's pretty fresh. (laughs) The other point that I made was like, yeah, sailors can't travel, but marine animals can travel in the salt water. And she said, right now, I am looking at a map of some tagged albatrosses right now f- flying around the Southern Hemisphere. I can show you the map once it's no longer uh, embargoed. So yeah, he's not thought about birds here. He's very up on his mice, but he's not so up on birds yeah, and well, fish. Well, you can't put them in the boxes the same.
3: Yeah, Birds, <laughs> birds really fuck up a lot of Mark Sargent's ideas, so... <laughs>
2: Also, what was the concept with the sucking the oxygen out like that was part of the, there was the salt water so it'd be harder to go outwards on the water and also it would be harder to go up and get near the dome because they'd suck oxygen in strata out, mm-hmm. out of the air with a, an oxygen sucking machine <laughs> and and then like like, put some... Like, the the paper that keeps the cheesecake slices separate <laughs> to keep
0: the, the air from mixing back together? Like, I, I didn't understand this part. Also, where's the oxygen? If, if they are sucking oxygen out, where's it... How are they putting it back in? <laughs> well, it, it,
1: it sucks out from the top and goes back to the bottom, people. Come on. It's obviously... Yeah. Right, out through
0: volcanoes, probably. <laughs>
1: <laughs> also, I wow. gotta point this out here. This is so funny. Because, again, the whole video is just this guy saying nonsense... And somebody putting up whatever Google images they come up with as he's as he's saying this. So continuously, they keep showing memes that are designed to show how stupid flat eartherism is, (laughs) but they but they don't know they're too stupid to realize that. So they keep showing this image that someone has created this image to show how the earth can't be flat because then gravity would be at angles towards the edge, right? you know, towards the densest point. And they keep showing that image, not realizing what those little arrows are meant to denote. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought that, that was just a fun little uh, uh, addendum I wanted to toss on. But yeah, anyway, so they, they've got the edges figured out. They got the up stuff figured out because you can't go in a balloon because the oxygen will go away. But how do you keep people from going down? Well, God made it hotter as you go down, you see. And, of course, he added
3: volcanoes, you know, as a convincer.
0: Yes. (laughs) He had to sell the hotter. I I adore the source of heat in Mark Sargent's version of the world, which is there's a set of (laughs) furnaces 50 miles below the surface. That answers all of my questions about where this heat could be coming from. I've got no follow up on that. 50 50 miles of furnaces. (laughs) That's literally his
1: argument. Okay, I'm, I'm sure everyone listening at home who isn't familiar with this assumed that Marsh was doing a disservice to the argument by saying furnaces 50 miles below the earth. Those are literally the words he uses. Yes, they are.
2: And you got to wonder what that pitch meeting was like. All right, gentlemen, I present
0: the volcano. That's a mountain full of lava. Right, right. Sorry. Yeah.
2: uh, What does it do? What does it do? What does it do? What does it do? Um, okay, well, it convinces people that the Earth is round. Oh, um, I'm sorry. How does it do that? Uh, okay, so, like, they, they dig a lot, right? But, but then it gets very uh, hot down there. Right. I mean, just like we made to. it, yeah, yeah. Right. No, no, but we, we put these around so that people will be like, ooh, that's that's making it very hot. So nailed it. Right, but but if we set up
3: an underground smelting plant, aren't there gonna be like signs? Also, where's that power gonna come from? Wouldn't wouldn't shaping this to a geologic record be way more difficult than just not having mountains full
2: of hot magma? Uh, uh, yeah. But liquid lava, though. Liquid I lava. I vote lava. That's yeah, me cool. too. Me too. Thank you. Yeah, uh, me too. I was just asking. I am. Okay, just- good. This is great. This is going to be great.
1: So much of his shit just <laughs> falls apart as soon as you consider how this idea came about. But yes, yeah. And then he gives the goddamn <laughs> were you there argument about, like, you ever seen the pictures of what the core of the earth looks like? How would they even know? Right? Okay, you guys know the movie The Core? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, he says the, that they've only ever gone eight miles down. Is that eight miles down? Are you going to tell me that what the entire core looks like? Give me a break. It's like, yeah, says the guy who's gone zero miles down, unless you count his mom's base. <laughs> and he's trying to explain <laughs> how tubes deliver magma from the furnaces. <laughs> he goes
1: he lists like 26 different ways scientists can determine what the earth's interior is like and then he summarizes it with these words quote in short they have no clue (laughs) what
0: yeah yeah if you haven't personally jules verne did yeah
1: (laughs) yeah so then he he explains the volcano thing and he's like yeah and you might wonder what could they make these furnaces that could make that much lava out of maybe the same unobtainium as the dome. Boom. Tubes. <laughs> <laughs> and okay. And then for just a brief second, me and Mark fall into agreement and he just doesn't quite get there. He says, you know, from a design perspective, the observable universe makes no sense. And I'm like, yes, right, Correct. right. Your problem here is that you're taking issue with the observable
0: universe half of that equation, but you are correct. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a lovely line when he's talking about how the uh, how the magma all gets to the surface of volcanoes. He says you take all this molten rock, you locate a few random access points on the surface, and the rest comes naturally. And it's like, oh, just, can you see my hand? It's doing like a wavy thing, but uh, don't pay too much attention to that. (laughs) (laughs) It'll figure itself out. Lord of Rotten Rock, poke some holes in the surface, job done. And then there's a
3: little... (laughs) Underground tubes filled with liquid magma, etc., etc., (laughs) etc. I don't want to bore you with all the details there. No questions.
1: All right. And then we got as far as I was willing to go. I'll admit I was the one who did it. I was the one who called everybody up and was like, how about we just do seven? (laughs) Uh, But this is it. This is part seven, the long haul. So now we're going to get, we're really going to dive into detail about airplanes and how they also fuck up his thing, right? This is where we talk about the Southern Hemisphere and how hard it is to fly, there? Sorry, the, the outside part. Oh, right, mean, right. So. No, I'm sorry, right, the outside, outside hemisphere.
4: hemisphere.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and look, there are a lot of flat
3: earth proofs that are entirely destroyed by someone would probably have mentioned that, but none more so than the seventh clue, which is just like everyone who has ever flown a plane hasn't been like, okay, guys, this is crazy. I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to Perth, right? 20 minutes in, I'm there.
1: Yeah, but he's going to prove how flat the earth is with Travelocity. And the way he's going to do this is by picking locations in like, you know, whatever, Cape Town and somewhere in South America and saying, hey, look, you can't fly directly from one to the other. Everything goes through the hemisphere with 92 percent of the airline travel in it. Right. Like the, the the reality of it is, yes, there are a limited. We already mentioned a couple of them. There are limited few places like you can go. What did you say? Johannesburg to Perth in one go.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right, so there's a couple of those things that like, yeah, there's enough people traveling between one and the other to make it commercially viable. But no, yeah, that's how – look, I fucking – I flew from Jacksonville, Florida to Louisville, Kentucky through Boston once. That would only make sense (laughs) if the East Coast was a tube. What the fuck
0: are you talking about? Big layover is running the show, (laughs) pulling strings behind the scenes. Oh, shit. What if this entire conspiracy is run by the people who own bars in airports? Yes! (laughs) Yes! It's <laughs> like they've got the layovers <laughs> to keep people there. Oh. Duty free. It's big duty free.
1: <laughs> yeah, Jerry Seinfeld figured it out a long time ago. It was all about the tuna sandwich. It's yeah. all there to sell you the tuna sandwich.
2: <laughs> but I, I love that there's counterexamples. Like you just mentioned one, Marsh, right? There's Perth to Johannesburg. You yes. can go. Yeah. And, and Mark Sargent admits it too. He's like, okay, well, I mean, you might find the occasional non-stop flight between the places i'm describing so, uh, the earth is flat most of the time <laughs> yes. well
1: and also he keeps using these really out of the way places right he's like also if you want to fly directly into oingo Benoingo <laughs> australia from you know the the plains of patagonia you're not gonna find shit
0: yeah yeah if you can't fly directly from like my mate's house to my other friend's house without, you know, without <laughs> <Yes>. stopping <laughs>
2: I tried to fly from Rio de Janeiro back to Rio de Janeiro. Not a single nonstop flight in a big spirally circle thing. What it the was the longest distance.
3: It was the greatest distance between two points
1: was the problem. Greater, greater. No, it wouldn't
2: do it. Suspect.
1: Um, And I'd love to uh, just to give you an idea of what a brilliant guy we're dealing with. At one point he says, We're going to look at a bunch of cities around Australia because I'm unfamiliar with the term Oceania, despite referencing 1984 repeatedly in these videos. That's the guy that I am. Then we're going to also look at some cities in South America. No, smaller ones. No, no. (laughs) Smaller.
2: Really small. (laughs) With a mailbox. Are you kidding me? (laughs) I can't fly from the Incan Empire to Australia.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? Uh, there's a point here that I noticed that I'd, that had been coming up a couple of times, right? He keeps showing, and he shows it at the start of this video or in, in the middle of this video as well, the Flat Earth Society logo. And I kind of have to do a little digression here to, to point this out. In that, in Behind the Curve, he, the, the, the uh, video on uh, the documentary on Netflix uh, about Mark Sargent, he also says he's part of the Flat Earth Society. But no Flat Earther that I've talked to believes that the Flat Earth Society is real anymore. They believe that they're all paid shills, uh, paid by the government in order to spread misinformation. So every flat earther I've ever met since about 2015 says the Flat Earth Society is a a bogus operation run by the government to throw you off the scent. And this keeps happening. People who become big in flat earth uh, after a while get, uh, get ejected from the community, not just in the sense that we don't like them anymore, but they were never part of this community. They were always liars. And I asked someone about this. Asked why this happens. Uh, why you know some of the some of the the early uh leaders are no longer considered part of the movement i asked a a chap who came to my talk the other day and he said well the thing is you start off in flat earth you get a lot of attention because you're making a lot of good points and because you got so much attention the government slash illuminati slash lizards uh spot you and then bribe you so that you could be on their side and that's why the people who are really big uh, after a while become no longer part of the movement so yeah but I'm still citing their early work when they were presumably genuine. Right. So that doesn't work. If, if you genuinely think they were never part of the movement, that doesn't gel with them being spotted after the fact.
1: I just love this downward spiral there in that when they realize they themselves are wrong, they have to assume that they themselves are in on it. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, what a terrifying circle you've <laughs> created
0: here. And this is the problem with a, a worldview in a community that's based around uh, a central ideology that's got no foundational basis in reality, is you've got nothing to anchor it to. So anybody who's uh, a, you know, a prophet and, see, uh, and speaker of the truth one day can just be eaten up and spat out as a shill the next day because there's no way of verifying what they're saying because there's right. no verifying it. <laughs>
1: Right, so but at the very least, now I will give him at least this much credit, at the very least, Mark points out at this point, he's like, Okay, so you're probably wondering why pilots don't tell us about this. Well, (laughs) well, pilots are fucking stupid. (laughs) Right? Like that's his argument. He's like, Do you think fucking pilots could handle this kind of truth? Come no, on. they're just following the
3: ways. You get inside a cockpit; it's just ways with one button start and it hit it. I'm yes,
1: <laughs> not even looking out the front of the plane. Let me tell you, he goes. Pilots use GPS, which was made by the government. The same guys that closed off
2: Antarctica. Dude, we're flying into a big metal dome. No, it says on the thing to go straight. <laughs> I'm following the map. All pilots are Michael
3: Scott driving into a lake. <laughs> Oh, you got to wonder what a flight in Mark Sargent's world feels like.
1: Did you hear how rude she was? I didn't say I was going to punch her baby. I said her baby is looking to be punched. That's totally different. Totally
3: different. No, absolutely. Oh,
1: we get little TVs.
3: Yes, we get little TVs.
2: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is your pilot speaking. Thanks for joining us on this trip from Sydney to Rio de Janeiro. We're looking at a brisk... A uh, forty nine stop, two hundred thirty eight hour flight. Just be cool about it, no reason. Just, just that's how you know, many. Me know, I mean my point is it. not
1: everyone looking to get punched gets punched. I'm just saying. Yep. Totally, totally. Kids
3: entertainment.
2: Nice. There will be a brief hour and a half period where it is uh illegal to open your window. So you could just not do that. Uh don't worry about it. Follow that rule. Uh, All right. So just uh, sit back and enjoy the flight. Flight attendants, prepare for demons.
1: Eli, did he just say prepare for demons?
2: Yes, they
3: have all three Minions movies. There are three Minions movies? Yeah, there fucking are.
1: I'm not mad at the babies. It's the parents that are taking the baby. You keep writing in stuff where I'm mad at the fucking baby. But okay, but now I'm mad and I want to end the episode. So God damn it, we're done. Um, <laughs> so hooray, we made it. But the good news, of course, is apparently there's a lot of money to be made and lying about the shape of the earth. And as near as I can tell, most of the shapes are unexplored. So to close things off tonight, I ask you guys, using arguments at least as convincing as the ones in this video, tell me what shape the earth is and how you know.
2: Oh, um. It is the shape of an elephant penis. Um, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> from touching an elephant penis. And I could prove this to Mark Sargent if he ever accepts my challenge, and he we won't. Well, Richard, I call pop him all bucket. the time.
1: I email him. <laughs> he gives you his phone number. All right, so, Marsh, you got any guesses?
0: Yeah, so I, I think uh, if the 3D sphere model is wrong uh, and the 2D circle Earth is apparently better... By simple logic, a one-dimensional model is even better. Than that. <laughs> so I therefore think that the Earth is a one-dimensional dot. And if you think about <laughs> it, if you think about it, right, you get taught about circles really early on at school. So it's got to be a lie.
1: Yeah, right. It must be a- <laughs> no, I'm going. I'm going to one up you, man. Zero-dimensional <laughs> Earth is a black fucking hole. I'm Ooh. going the whole way. <laughs> Negative four dimensions. <laughs> oh, damn it.
3: <laughs> All right. Uh, Well, obviously, the big hole in Mark's theory is birds. Uh, He hasn't taken them into account quite a bit. So I'm going to go with the earth being in the shape of a not bird. So it cancels out all the birds. Okay, all right. Birds aren't real. Is Uh, my point.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. I'm sorry. Only Eli really followed the assignment. He had to use arguments as convincing as the ones in this video. (laughs) Thank you. All right, so Marsh, when the shock wears off and and we get the courage to dive back in for the next seven videos, are, would you be willing to go through this again with us? How could I not? I've been living
0: this world for uh, a few years now. I can do it for one more uh, one more session, I'm sure.
3: And we won't take down skepticoftheyear.com unless you do.
2: <laughs> Assuming Marsh doesn't get murdered by Neil Armstrong, who is standing behind him right <laughs> now. I was-
1: all right. Well, Mars, I can't thank you enough for suffering alongside us once again and
0: for all the work that you do, man. Yeah, well, thank you, man. It's, a, it's an absolute pleasure to be here. Yeah, cheers.
1: And well, that's going to do it for our review of Flat Earth Clues 1 through 7, that's not going to do it for the episode just yet because we still need to remind ourselves that our task never ends. So, Eli, tell us what's on deck. Flat Earth Clues 8 through 14, motherfuckers. Oh, already? <sighs> <laughs>
3: No breaks for the (laughs) wicked.
1: All right, so with that to look forward to, we're going to bring episode 190 to a merciful close. Once again, a huge thanks to Michael Marshall of the Good Thinking Society and a perhaps even huger thanks to all the Patreon donors that help make the show go. If you'd like to count yourself among their ranks, you can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com and thereby earn only access to an ad-free version of every episode. You can also help us a ton by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes and by sharing the show on all your various social media platforms. And if you enjoy this show, be sure to check out our sibling shows, The Scathing Atheist Citation, Deed, and The Skeptocrat, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever else podcasts live. If you have questions, comments, or cinematic suggestions, you can email God, awful movies at gmail.com. Legal services for this podcast are provided by the law offices of P. Andrew Torres. Tim Robertson takes care of our social media. Our theme song was written and performed by Ryan Slott and Google Drafts on Mars. All of the music was written and performed by our audio engineer Morgan Clark and was used with permission. Thanks again for giving us a chunk of your life this week. For Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick, I'm an illusions. Promise to work hard to earn another chunk next week. Until then, we'll leave you with a breakfast club close.
2: On the other side of the dome in Westeros, a group called the donut with a missing dome thing in the middle part earthers are really getting traction
0: <laughs> mark Sargent went on to be considered an actor and a paid government shill by many in the flat earth movement that really happened <laughs> the government went on to ask for
1: their show money back <laughs> birds were not
3: in fact real
1: Now that Heath has his uh, his morning whiskey We're ready to go (laughs) It's
2: a pint of hot milk
1: Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) A pint of hot milk Nobody drinks milk Nobody drinks pints The listeners are united Thank you I seem to be reacting to my unit
0: so yeah, well, it, it's the unit and the temperature. So I, I would drink a pint of milk. I would absolutely buy it, uh, buy a pint of milk and drink a pint of milk. That's not a problem to me. But I'd buy it straight sure. from the shop and I would drink it cold. But to heat up a pint of milk seems a very weird choice. <laughs> and a mug of hot milk. Yeah, sure. It, a mug of hot milk is a, is a classic kind of usually a nighttime drink. But it's it's fine. You, know, you do you do you. But a, a pint of hot milk. Oh, is, nice, is, That's
1: a little much. <laughs> Oh, he's he's not
3: going to like your recipe for a boiling gallon of milk. Yeah, right? <laughs> That's
2: exactly what All you are All right, you yeah. tell me
3: how you
1: abort him, I just... <laughs>
3: you know what? You just lost yourself a simmering orange juice tip. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. You could use a variety of other animals for the this sample too. <laughs>
2: Here are some other animals. Sorry, it's confusing with the mouse. Let me explain again. (laughs) Imagine you put a
1: candy bar into a glass. Fuck, damn it. This (laughs) screws. It's shit.
2: (laughs) Totally do five. Yeah, of course there are three Minions movies. He gets it. All right. Who's arguing about that? <laughs>
1: so we're scrolling past. Get the fuck off my plane. Totally <laughs> <laughs> dudes 8 through 11 or or whatever it was. I love this skit so much. <laughs> from Manchester
0: so sort of was the line that really got me this morning. So, yeah, can I change that right. to Newcastle or will people in America not know Newcastle? It's just I'm from You I'm can from change
3: it to where you are from yeah. <laughs> yes, you <can>. Okay.
0: <laughs> Go for Just the, 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 the first one. Uh, I actually showed, so I showed Nicola the website uh, and she laughed. She's at work. I texted to her. She laughed at it and her colleague saw her laughing and she had to then try and explain what she was laughing at. And she said that was a very <laughs> tricky conversation to have. Yeah,
2: I felt <laughs> You got punched in the face by truth. <laughs>
0: So the thing is, Noah, that ball point that you made as a joke isn't actually that far away from one of the most common flat Earth uh, arguments. Oh, uh, oh my yeah, God. Genuinely. Seriously? Yeah, yeah. It's, but it's not a <laughs> ball they use. It's, uh, it's water. So one of their arguments is you can't get water to stick to a non-flat surface. So if the Earth is a sphere, water would just drip off it. Um, and a guy huh? at the Flat Earth convention wait. I attended in Birmingham. Wait, wait, wait. Oh
2: no! I see. Yeah, I don't know. I think water just might be accelerating
0: outward at all times. <laughs> <moments. laughs> It's legitimately so. their argument. So there's a couple of arguments around water. They always say water always finds its level. It always goes flat. So it can't like bend around a curve. Uh, it can't bend due to gravity. It can't... Uh, oh, right. It would just be... F- <laughs> yeah. And actually, so I, I, I made this point when I was talking to a flat earther in a pub at one point because it was like a flat earther in the pub meeting in Chester. And we've been talking for a while and he was saying, you know, water, it never, ever bends. You can never show water curving. It never bends. It's not affected by gravity. Like it can't be bent by gravity or by forces. And I did say to him, if you really want to see... War, proof that water can bend due to gravity follow me to the bathroom and I'll illustrate it very visibly <laughs> <laughs>
2: Or look at this bent water molecule. It's literally a
0: bent molecule <laughs> of but, uh, hydrogen and oxygen. Idiot. There was a guy at the Flat Earth Convention who said he could prove, that he, he was on camera for like Lad Bible or someone, uh, other kind of online uh, sort of semi-news thing. And he said he'd prove the world is flat uh, by using a glass of water. And he poured the glass of water over his head legitimately and said, you see, the water just runs off my head. It would just run off the earth. It would run off the ball.
1: March steps was, into
0: frame. Where mm. would it run
1: to? I, I'm just I'm what trying to acids? picture the image they have <laughs> that the water would just be in perpetual motion forever. It would get to the other side and then fall back towards
0: us. <laughs> it's just dropping. It's, it's, we don't know what's uh, below the earth. None of us have uh, ever been to the edge and peered peered over or anything like that. So who knows what's below? But water would just run off. Apparently, yeah. So that's a uh, that's a beautiful one. And I, I also in my talk I demonstrate. They say you know you can't get water to uh, bend around a, a sphere, bend around a circle. It's just impossible. And uh, I demonstrate it by using one of their favorite tools, which is a spirit level. They love using spirit levels to prove that things are flat, they're not moving, you know, that, they're not, uh, that we're not going around a ball because the spirit level shows that it's directly flat. I'm, I'm sorry wait what, what is a spirit level oh uh like a uh, a level a meter so you measure it's like a, a tool that allows you to tell what's something that what, something's flat oh a bubble level okay, yeah a okay, bubble okay, level right, exactly gotcha. yeah a bubble in the middle uh, in a thing mm-hmm, so okay. you can use that uh, we should explain tool. all
3: British people think that
0: bubbles are ghosts <laughs> <laughs> no it's all tools in Britain are filled exclusively with alcohol with high high grain alcohol so that's why we call it a spirit level it's,
4: meat <laughs> in there.
0: it's the only way we can get through um but yeah, you, you can demonstrate the world's flat. Uh, sorry, you can demonstrate that water will uh, curve around uh, a sphere under the right kind of pressures using a spirit level or a bubble meter, a bubble level. If you just look really carefully at the bubble in the bubble level, because it's very clearly a bubble of air with liquid curved around it because of the pressures. <laughs> oh, that the oh,
2: that's true. It. Yeah. <laughs> so, so like we have a disc, not a not a globe, and there's just like bunch of water under the bottom being like shut up shut up up."
3: (laughs) (laughs) to be fair that's that's amazing which means that at some point in marsh's life someone's been like explaining something to him and he's been like you know the thing in your hand look at it
0: yeah the bubble
3: (laughs) is round and someone's been I guarantee you, someone is hidden a spirit level while making hard eye contact with Marsh, just being like, "Nope,
1: <laughs> come on, it's behind
3: your back. Don't do, don't turn around, don't keep turning."
1: where you put it? <laughs> it's amazing. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm LLC. Copyright twenty nineteen. All rights reserved.